Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop Culture Leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle Pop Culture Leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if you're your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 222. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, chain erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah. Uh, we are joined uh, this week not by Eric Wade. He is not back again for a third week in a row. I had to give our listeners a fucking break from that guy. Right? Thunderous applause breaks out yeah, exactly. across the listening audience. <laughs> right. People. People that have like uh, that have like uh, you know they've they've uh, said I'm not going to listen when Eric Wade's on. Now they're back. They're like welcome back. So we want to welcome those people back into the fold but no we've got joe stark with us from starcast joe welcome hey thanks guys what's going on uh doing a fucking show joe that's what's going on <laughs> well you know <laughs> i know i admit that was a stupid question <laughs> no it was maybe rhetorical maybe one of those stupid ass hey listen, hey i played it for comedy joe okay you set me up right all right you you set them up and I, how's the weather you set them up and I knock them down, Joe. That's what happens on this show, right? <laughs> We're off to a great start. Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah. How about them Mets? I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's Jake, you, you nailed it. It's that bullshit chit-chatter, right? How's the weather? That kind of crap, you know? How's the family and kids? I don't care. Unless... <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody's alive good all right moving on uh all right. <laughs> we made it this week yeah so uh yeah joe you've got a lot of things going on 
with yourself, like your own podcast and some other things going on. I want to plug those things at the end. I think a lot sure. of the times, you know, if it's a, if it's a new listener coming in, hold on, I want to throw this out there. If it's a new listener coming in, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear this logic. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Okay. If it's a new listener coming in, they don't know you, Joe. They don't give a fuck what you got going on. Basically, it's like you asking like, how's the weather or like, how you doing? Nobody gives a fuck, <laughs> right? So by the end of the episode, they've spent a good hour, two, three hours with you. And now they give a fuck about what's going on in your life. So that's what I'm going to ask you. Hey, Joe, where else can we fucking get into all your Joe shit? Right? At the end. Yeah. Right now? <laughs> right now, people don't, get, people don't give a fuck about you, Joe. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Jake, is this, is this solid, is this solid I'm, advice? I'm buying. I'm buying what you're laying down. Yeah. I think it's good. It's when good shit. When you first shit. said it, I was like, that makes no sense. We should, no one's going to be listening <laughs> by the end. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, hey, if you, if they drop off, they drop off, Jake. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, you, you don't want those people anyway, Joe. Right. Yeah. Fuck this them. is true. Yeah. Uh, I want to let everybody know that uh, Pop Culture Leftovers is now on the Amazon Echo. So you can listen to the latest episode of uh, Pop Culture Leftovers on uh, – if you have an Amazon Echo device, you can just say – all you have to say is, Alexa, play Pop Culture Leftovers podcast, and she'll play the latest episode. So that's kind of cool. That is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like a like – a, uh, Joe, did you do that with with your podcast? No, I have not done that. Uh, yeah, you have to you have to get in on that. Do you have one of those, Brian? You have one, right? I do. I had to unplug it. I, I had the foresight to unplug it before I before I did this because I knew as soon as I fucking said Alexa on this episode, she'd be like lighting up and wanting to know what the fuck I wanted. So <laughs> the voice commands pretty accurate on those things. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, oh God, I try to trip her up all the time. I do. I try to trip her up with like, <laughs> like, like different accents and shit. Like how I say her name. I'm like, Yo, Alexa. You know, and she'll she'll answer, man. She knows her name. It doesn't doesn't matter like what accent you use. It really doesn't. So, she's um, good. Quick question. Yeah. Do you have the like camera on your laptop covered with tape or something like that? Uh a bandage. Okay. Yeah. So so. But you're okay with, 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 you know, Russia listening or what? No shit, dude. I fucking said that today. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you're blowing my fucking mind. Don't worry, everybody. We're going to get the advertised content. It's, it's, we do. We eventually get around to it. All right. So chill the fuck out. But anyway, I was talking to Alexa today. I was like, Hey, Alexa, um, what's it like listening in on all of our conversations to figure out if we're terrorists or not? <laughs> yeah. And she lit, you know, she lit up, right? And she listened and she didn't say shit. I was like, oh, that's what I fucking thought, Alexa. Just a bank of lights lit up in some NSA bunker somewhere. Yeah. No, Joe, I thought about that today, and it kind of freaks me out now. Right? Yeah. yeah I'm I a mean, little eventually, too to have one. I agree. That technology is definitely going to be abused. Oh, yeah. So uh, We're also on a new social media app, guys. It's called Vero. That's V-E-R-O. Um, and not a lot of people are on the app. Um I don't know. Is it, it, maybe it's from the ground, starting from the ground floor here recently. I don't know. But yeah. uh, what's it, what's it like? Have you been on it? Yeah, don't, I don't know. I've been, literally been on it for like two days. I've posted like four things. You can like post like links and like if you're watching something or I, basically like there's nobody on it. I've just been posting pictures of my cock. Like <laughs> just, 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 just because and, and nobody's commented. Nobody's, nobody's reported me. Nobody's liked any of the pictures. Um, it's just, just. It's been flagged though. That's shocked. Nothing. Shocked. Nothing. Just, just. 
throwing out pictures of my genitalia under the pop culture leftovers logo. Just picture after picture after picture <laughs> of my dick and balls. Hashtag the other white meat. It's crazy. No, like I, I, I've actually kind of like turned it into an art recently. Like I, I, I don't want to brag, but I've kind of turned into like the Ann Gettys of dick pics. Like, <laughs> no. You know, so like, I don't know if you're familiar with Ann Gettys, but she's like the lady that takes pictures of like the little babies dressed up as like flowers and plants and shit. And that's <laughs> what I've been doing with my cock. Now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've got a whole calendar out there on Vero. So if you want to order it, it's 1995 and it is for a year and a half because I do understand that we're already like two months into the new year. So don't that's worry fair. about that. Yeah. So it's at a good price, guys. In 1995. But if you do it this week, I'll give you 50% off if you use a our uh, code. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Ann Gettys of dick pics. What the fuck? Oh, man. What's the code, man? You're leaving everyone hanging. I don't know. <laughs> Flower cock. There you go. <laughs> Throw it up. Tulip dick. How about that? There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I got a question for you. Video game related. Yeah, we're going to jump into something pop culture. Video game related. If, if Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, if he masturbates, do you think a, an ice cube slides out? Mm, I don't know. I like to think he has mastery of his power. And he, he could do that if he wanted to. <laughs> okay. So it's, it, this is a this is a, a decision that he makes, like on the fly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, if he wanted to, I mean, impress someone by doing yeah. that trick, you know. Yeah. I want to. I, I think what I'm going to do, Jake, is I, I I'm going to start uh, a Twitter account for Sub Zero, but I'm going to the sub is actually going to mean like in like the dominatrix kind of world, you know. Like he's a sub. I gotcha. Yeah, like Sub Zero. <laughs> like he can still like freeze shit, but. He, He'll, you can make him do that. You can make him do. <laughs> you can make him do a lot of things. To be quite honest with you, if you wanted to, wow. make his make his mask look like a gimp mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like love how it. his name's Zero too. Like he's submissive oh, and is Zero, and he's like, nothing. Kind of a depressing tale. Yeah, humiliate me, spank my bottom. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm zero. I'm zero. Yeah, you are. You are. You're nothing, aren't you? Slap, slap. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Um, so if you've, gotten, <laughs> if you've gotten this far without giving us a one-star iTunes review, um, let's see here. Actually, what I'm, that, that's my cue to let you know that it's time for us to go over iTunes reviews. Let's see here. It's one-star All right. Uh, first iTunes review comes from Just Mickey, and it's titled, Glad I Was Introduced to This Podcast. And it goes on to say, I'm so glad that I was introduced to this podcast. <laughs> a little, little bit redundant, yeah, right? Yeah, a little, little, little bit of redundancy going on there, Mickey. Um, yeah. iTunes Review 101 class from us. Right. You don't, the title needs to be different than the actual statement. Wow. Wow. Just Mickey. Jake is just picky, right? Okay. Anyway. Um, 
I'm sorry, guys. I got a six-pack of Stella, and it is going down very smoothly. Um, let's see here. I'm so glad that I was introduced to this podcast. You guys are fun to listen to, and I appreciate the opinions. You guys have a great format going. It doesn't matter how long the episode is. The time flies right by. Keep being you and looking forward to more shows. I like the the inner, like, I don't know, the little advice there at the end. You got, you got a little Stuart Smalley on us there, Jake. You're good enough. You're smart enough. Keep being you. I like you. Man, I was totally going to pretend to be someone else this episode. Too, so. <laughs> Jake, you're just not comfortable in your own skin, damn it. Knock it off. Um, next one comes from Mr. Bafflegab, and uh, it's titled, uh, it's, he made one of those hearts, you know, like with the, uh, was it the less than sign and then a three? Yeah, his name kind of scares me, I got to be honest. Mr. Bafflegab? Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't even like it. If you like say it three it. times, does he show up in your fucking bathroom? I'm not even. I'm going to take my earpiece away if you say it a third time. Oh man! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometime in this episode, I'm going to drop it, man. I'm going to drop it. <laughs> Jake, did you leave? No, I dropped my headphone uh, by accident. Yeah. There. Uh, and uh, it goes on to say, "I love you." That's where it that's ends. It? Yeah, that's uh, that's the end of that one. Oh man, that really sells the the name. Yeah, that's it some does. creepy stuff. Yeah, I'm a. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna put the lotion in the basket and we can move on, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm shutting my curtains right. real quick. One sec. Jeez. Oh man, moisturize your skin because Mr. Bafflegab's gonna cut it off your body. <laughs> it's gonna make a lovely lampshade. Ah, yeah. oh, here's one. Here's one. This is the last one, number three, and it comes from Fairport Mark, and it's uh, titled. Wanted to like it more. So, I'm liking this already. Yeah, Jake. It's not a one star. <laughs> it's not a five star, Jake. What is it? What do you got? Uh, a three star. Mm. All right, Stark. What are you thinking? Four. No, no. You're all wrong. It is a two star. <laughs> Jeez. We had a 66% chance there, Joe. And we, yeah. We dropped it. Uh, you blew uh, how it. How about that? You blew it. You baffle gabbed it. Um, <laughs> I didn't say the full title. Um, yeah, I was okay with that. Right. Uh, let's see here. I think that's worse scarier than like the Babadook. Oh, shit. Yeah, Babadook. Oh, my, I need to watch that again. I love that movie. <laughs> that's some good shit. It's so different than other like horror films. I don't know. Anyway. The Baffle Gabber <clears throat> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mostly focused on picking nits about details like comic book guy on Simpsons rather than providing any real insight about filmmaking, acting, etc. Apparently, Jake, we, we are, we're supposed to be like, uh, what's that guy? What's that guy on the fucking, uh, the one thing? <laughs> <laughs> that one guy on the one thing. I'm, I'm Googling it. Inside right now. the actor's studio, that guy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh man, and James James Lipton. Uh, yeah. Yes. His last name is a T. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Man. I have actually never made a film. Oh. I don't know if anyone listening or you even you knew that, Brian. <laughs> I don't I, I I'm actually looking at the title of the podcast, Jake, and it it says Pop Culture Leftovers. I I don't think that that the title actually kind of like uh is meant to lead anybody to that conclusion that we are experts in the in the film industry, but uh apparently Fairport Mark was a little bit let down when he found out that we weren't like 
I don't know, film scholars. Like, I, I haven't gone to film school. I've never made a film. Jake, you've never made anything. Ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, no, and I, I like that review too. I mean, no, it's I not, it's not done podcast. yet. He's got two uh-huh. more, he's got two more paragraphs. This guy. Well, well, <laughs> oh, God. Well, real quick on that yeah. first paragraph. Yeah. If I could find a podcast that wasn't us that were guys that were like the comic book guy, that's how you were selling it to yeah. me. I'm in. You're in? You like that? Yeah, I want to hear snarky people, you know, talk about movies. I don't. Yeah. Obviously, there's plenty of resources out there to find out insight about the popular movie. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're your number one stop for that, then you done messed up already. Uh, what could be good-natured ribbing routinely crosses the line into me. <laughs> now I'm sold. Now you like now I'm sold. <laughs> routinely crosses the line into mean-spirited barbs. Although, in all fairness, all of the hosts seem okay with being a little abused. I'm fine. Yeah, we are definitely sub zeros. <laughs> Finish him. Sure. <laughs> That's when you hear like jack off sounds. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm fine with coarse language, but the use of the F bomb is often than some people say, you know, is numbing after a while. Some obvious intelligence here. Wish it could be better heard. <laughs> nah, sorry, bud. <laughs> What kind of pretentious fuck leaves two stars and writes a review like that? <laughs> he sounds like a film school dropout who's now bitter. I I don't know. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I love that review. Yeah. That was good. It's good. It's good. You know, and, and, you know the the two stars, the one stars, Joe. It's 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 all about uh, just knowing that we're getting our voice out there, man. It, and not everybody has to like us. And that's the thing. It's 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 about weeding out people. And like we've let you know different people into the community. Some you know, and and uh, we talk to different people. And it's like this guy just doesn't get us, and that's cool. And like now I know why. And now I. It's not like I'm going to change anything, right? I'm still going to drop f bombs. I'm still going to tell Fairport Mark to go fuck himself, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. I just wish you'd stop being borderline mean. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I, I get all that, and I've had plenty of podcasts that I listen to and then drop off of. Mm-hmm. But I guess I just didn't want to take that extra step to write a review to where it's like, does a guy expect yeah. you to? Like, oh, I've seen the light now. No more f bombs yeah. on PCL. Let's all be nice. Let's like, uh, put fucking, you know, let's let's uh, pad all those sharp corners. Fuck that. But the thing is, the thing is, if all the reviews were like one and two stars, I'd be like, okay, all right, yeah, we suck. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's like for like for like it's like one out of ten, and I'm fine with that. That that's you know, it's I'm fine with that. You know, yeah, those are good. Uh, those are good odds. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, anyway, I found I'd be a- fine with one in six. To be honest with you. <laughs> I uh, I actually did some uh, research on this uh, this guy, this reviewer, this Fairport Mark guy. Um, did it like a Google search of the the name. This guy actually died from eating Tide Pods like a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't put a lot of value, you know. They and like I and then his friends like they didn't even really mind. They just they basically just said he was like a fart of a human being. Is like their words that I I didn't say it. Those were their words. He was a fart, a fart of a human being. I was like, wow. And he said it right on his Facebook page. Oh, yeah, right on his me. Facebook page. And that was his mom. I mean, that was fucking. <laughs> wow. Anyway. That's, that's borderline mean. Yeah, that is coarse, very barbish. 
<laughs> what a fucking pusshole. I'm glad he's gone. What does gone. barbish mean? Does that mean you like die after? No, he said, episode? he said barbs, <laughs> like record, like barbs. And so I said barbish. I made up my own word. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh. My, I, it could be mistaken for the Stranger Things girl. You know. <laughs> what? Did the Tide Pods thing just kind of like die off? Are kids done with that shit? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess so. We're not focusing on that part of kids right now. Man, they do, they do look kind of tasty though, don't they? A little bit, right? Oh, the Tide Pods? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, they look like giant, like lifesavers or they gummy look, yeah, savers like those, uh, those cream savers, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's ton, my whole life stuff that you shouldn't eat or drink looks good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. well, we've managed to avoid it this long. That's true. That's the, the Tide true. Pod was the breaking point for a lot yeah. of people. All right, guys, let's uh, jump into uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. I know you guys can't hear it, but like on your end. But when I play like, you know, Clive and he's rambling, yammering on about the fucking rating system and shit, I've heard it like how many, this is episode 222. Two, 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 deuce, deuce, deuce. Um, dos, dos, dos. And I've heard him rattle it off like 222 times now. And it's like, I don't, it's just, they're just like words that just like kind of like blend in. I don't even know what he's saying anymore. It's just like, it's like the fucking peanuts teacher in a British accent. How would you do that in a British accent? Anyway, I always find that to be a weird phenomenon when you, uh, hear a word or a phrase so many times that yeah. it does become like gobbledygook like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't think of one right now, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Anyway, let's jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop. Um, I want to start off here real quick and just by saying um, I am still loving uh, Waco on Paramount Network. It is, it, it's phenomenal. It's so phenomenal. They're doing it differently and it, they've kind of stuck with it from like the beginning of the uh, at, of the season, Jake, and giving you what it felt like to be one of the the branch Davidians inside the compound and it's and that's really where they're going with this and i think it's an interesting take because for years like we've heard about like <clears throat> i remember when this first came out on the news everybody knew that he was a you know a child molester and uh you know brainwashing these people but we really didn't know like about these people who they were and you know, um, and, and this is like, this is, we're getting to see everything from their point of view. And, and we're getting to kind of figure out like how crooked the ATF and the FBI were involved in this. Joe, have you been watching this show? I haven't been watching it, but okay. I remember when it, back when it happened. Oh yeah, me too. Absolutely. Fucked up thing about that. When it happened, I was actually in a religious boarding academy at the time when this was happening. And so I remember. Oh jeez. How many more weeks, Brian, until this is over? It's, I'm, uh, I'm just paid. Wednesday is the uh, the final episode, so um, right, yeah, I might start cranking them out now. Then because I'll probably by yeah. Wednesday I'll be ready for the finale. Uh, and if you have, uh, I think it's on A and E. If you have A and E, go on to, on demand and watch uh, Waco, Madman, or Messiah, and that'll give you even more kind of like a look at uh, 
the Davidians and uh, David Koresh. I, when I was um, Hulu's got that special too. It's pretty good. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it is. It's very good. It's a it's a two parter, and each 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 part's two hours. Um, I when I was uh, fifteen, I was living in Oklahoma, like I said, at this religious boarding academy. And, um, we would sometimes leave to, we had to make money for the place to pay for what our parents could to keep, uh, to keep us there. But anyway, I was in Oklahoma city, um, doing the sales for the boarding academy I was at. They were filming the Tim Daly, um, David Koresh movie on the streets while I was out there. And, um, so I've always kind of like been fascinated with the whole David Koresh thing just from from that too so yeah i'm surprised it's taken this long for them to do another serious take and an adaptation of what happened it's the 25th anniversary this year Mm, is that what finally spawned it on i think so man and i think paramount network with them starting up this new network they wanted to come out of the gates with something so i think it's a i think it's a really really interesting look at the at the the davidians and what went on in the compound and then how the ATF and the FBI were really crooked in this. I want to see how they're going to f- basically wrap up this final episode if they are going to reveal anything about who started the fire. Not Bill, not Billy Joel everybody. <laughs> anyway, but like <laughs> I want to see like if they're going to if they're going to say that the FBI started it or if the Davidian started it. I don't I, I wonder – I think personally that they're going to either just go for it and say that the FBI fucking started it or they're just going to leave it totally up in the air and not not even kind of like address it. So hmm, I, bet it will, I bet it will take a stance. Yeah. I feel like it, it's been too detailed. I mean it seems like such a detailed show. It would be weird for them to yeah, I, I, brush if, over I, that. If I had to – pick one, I would say that they would say that the FBI would do it because it's one of those things where they've been kind of like on the, not on the side of the Davidians, but they've been showing their side of the story to where I feel like if they're going to go full on with that, the, like interviews with the Davidians, have, they've come out and said like um, they actually heard people pouring gasoline and saying, oh, it, it's it's there, it's there, it's lit, it's lit, you know. And so I don't know. We'll see. I'm really interested in seeing how that's all going to play out. Um, also, uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 3 is going to start on the 25th, and I cannot fucking wait to see this. It's uh, Ash has his uh, daughter in this new season, so it's going to be – Looks it looks like it's going to be incredible. And the, Have they had her in episodes yet, or will no. it be her first episode with the season? First episode this season. I don't even know if she's going to be in the premiere episode. I mean, it it could be they could be waiting to hold out on her for you know a few episodes. But that would make sense. Yeah. Them like kind of running into each other's paths, maybe too. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, seasons one and two are absolute Tupperwares, and um, yeah, I cannot wait to to watch this. Um, Joe, what do you have for uh, good pop, bad pop this week, guys? I got I got a ton of shit. I mean, I could. Keep yammering on, but we'll spread it out. Joe, what do you got? I, I got a couple comics I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Go for it, man. Uh, Birthright number 30 just came out last week, and that series is going as strong 
as it ever has, and it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight yet, which has me really stoked because, I mean, just month after month, it has been a Tupperware for me. I'm absolutely enamored with this story. I, I know you guys have brought it up on here before. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, with, with most of these comics, it seems like they, they break them down in story arcs. And Birthright is one where it's really harder to pin down. Is it just running in five issue story arcs? Because it's, it almost seems like a like one big continuing story. Hmm. And um, you know, with number thirty, I mean, if you want to say it runs in five issue arcs, then thirty kind of would have wrapped up. And it did have some big reveals and stuff in it. And you know, I don't want to spoil it because I know a lot of people just wait for the trades and read it. But um. It's it's been an absolute Tupperware, and it's really this last story arc has been dealing with the Nevermind that's trapped in Mikey, and oh yeah, yeah, like really revealing a lot more with uh, the God King lore and everything. And I mean, just reading issue thirty earlier today just really blew my mind. That's awesome. That you know, it, it's so cool. That's what I'm worried about with um, the Birthright movie. Is like, how are they going to get into all that? You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are they going to gloss over that? that? See, that's the beauty about a comic book is that, you know, Joshua Williamson can take the time to tell this story and, like, give you both sides of the story and tell you everything from every character's point of view and, and, and all their origins. And it's like – and it seems like, you know, when you go into, like, these movies that, like, it's a real quick thing or, like – it's one thing a character says, and that's all you get, you know? Yeah, hard to do a slow build in a movie. You're definitely right. That's the advantage that comics and even television has over yeah. the movie format. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and and with the way that these, you know, the, the overarching story in Birthright has been going, I don't even see how you could take these first 30 issues and make anything like a movie out of it. Hmm. It would be just so much better suited as a TV series. So, yeah, you know, I, I do have mixed feelings about the movie news. See, that's the thing. I and mean, we're going to talk about Amazon later. But, like, Amazon is just – Amazon's nuts. They're, they're, they're buying up everything now. So is Netflix. I understand. It's a, it's a war and um, with these streaming services. But, like, Amazon has been targeting um, – we'll talk about the Dark Tower. They, they've got that wrapped up now. And then, then, you know, their Lord of the Rings thing. Like, why are they not going after this why are they not going after the the TV rights for Birthright? If they want something that can actually – that they can flesh out and that I think that would succeed, um, they should go for Birthright, you know? But anyway. I, I agree with that. It's about finding that next big hit. Yeah. It's not very often going to be a retread of an old hit that's going to be the next big hit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, Jake. That is a good point. I, it's the, the thing that has me excited about kind of like with the Lord of the Rings thing, though, is like the fact that they aren't going to do the traditional Lord of the Rings story. That there's, I still think there's a lot of things that can be told in Middle Earth. You just got to get the right people to write those stories. But we'll see. I don't, I don't know. That could be a huge pile of shit, too. But we'll see. <laughs> oh, just if they dig into the Silmarillion, there's so much deep history yeah. that Tolkien had there's out. See, that's the thing. It's a lot of history, but it's not. It's not a story. You know what I mean? It doesn't read like a story. But, but you can. You can. Oh, do, exactly. Yeah, you can do something with it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's giving a framework. It's giving some ideas that writers could work for it, and then you know, even purists of of that series would be able to be well. You know, hey, it's based on something that Tolkien came up with. It, you know, it took a, another team of writers to flush it all out. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to make it good, you're going to have to piss off the purist. Right, yeah. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give it some meat and make it a television show. 
And like adapting the Cimmerillion isn't going to get anyone to watch it but the purist, and that can't be the goal. No, but like I like what Joe said. Like just using some of the things from the Cimmerillion as like a framework of like, okay, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. Now like, let's build a story around it. You know, so yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. A little, a little bit of best of both worlds. Yeah, you're adapting actual stories. Well, it's the same thing that still- they, it's the same thing that happens every time a new director is brought onto Star Wars. It's like, if we're led to believe that they have the freedom to do what they want to do, um, then it's like... <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why my, my shit is turned off, but it's still making fucking noise. It's all right. Um, but like, you know, it's like, like JJ has, they give JJ control of the... We need to pause here? We got... Yeah, I'm sorry. It's That's like possible. all the way across the room doing that. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are we're back. Um I you know what? I am, you know, little little hiccup there with Jake and the old bloop, you know, bullshit, but I I do want to I want to commend you last week, Jake. We did a 2-hour Black Panther episode. Jake asked for zero breaks. Is that even true? That's I don't true. even believe it myself. 2 hours. Two-hour Black Panther episode, no break, Jake. Give it up. I, I don't even believe this. I think you, <laughs> Give it up. you must have been drinking Stella and forgotten no. taking a break. No. Stella! No. No. It's true. It's true. I don't, I don't believe it. No, right. It's not happening this time. I can already tell you. I drank, like, a Frappuccino and a Red Bull. I hope you're listening, Fairport Mark, you fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Um, yeah, let's. St- I'm done talking about Lord of the Rings. We'll talk about talk about Amazon later. Uh, what's the other comic book that you got? No, Joe. What do you What are you thinking about the Birthright movie? So you're not like 100 percent excited about this. Well, I'm being cautiously optimistic. Would be the best way to phrase it. Um, See, I, I, yeah, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm not going to be surprised if, yeah. if they dark tower it. Oh, they're going to dark tower the fuck out of it. <laughs> that makes me so sad. Oh man, get ready to get dark tower. It's the worst thing ever. It's the worst feeling ever. Oh man, they should. There's. Oh. Uh, they should have just came out like like that with the movie. They should have had merchandise, and they should have came out with a dark tower dildo that they just fucked you in the ass with because that movie was <laughs> crap. Anyway, except <laughs> except for Idris Elba, like you could tell that guy was like going for it, even though he knew like he, you know he probably didn't even know that the movie was shit until like they finally cut it and he saw it. He was like, oh my god, wow. Yeah, I think he he was definitely not going to phone it in. He had a lot to prove with all the fucking dumbass yeah. racist fucks that were giving him so much shit about it really that's fucked up anyway you know that's that is fuck he he did great in molly's game he had a horrible year when it came to movies but he redeemed himself in molly's game because he did what was that other movie he did with fucking uh rose from the titanic kate winslet where they're trapped in the mountains and shit Oh yeah, yeah. The, the mountain. Peter's elbow was definitely not the problem in Dark Tower, though. That's for sure. Oh no, 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 no. He's the only one I yeah. praise. To be quite honest, I would, with you. I would take him back if yeah. we could do it all over again. Yeah, I love how the gun blew up the machine at the end of the movie. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots it one time in the right place, and boom. Anyway, um, they're magical guns, man. What's yeah, well, yeah? He remembered the face of his father when he made that. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what's the uh next comic that you wanted to talk about, Joe? I wanted to bring up Void Trip. 
Yeah. Um, especially because I know you've read it too. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it wouldn't be just me alone talking about this comic. Right on. But um, yeah, that is an image comic by Ryan O'Sullivan and Plaid Claus, which I can only assume is Santa Claus's hipper brother that's a very good illustrator. And who wears plaid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um this has been a fun book it's it, the narrative on it so far if you want to take it is to like where the hell is this, this story arc going i i can't speak to that but it has been a fun ride yeah and the art in it has been so good um it's had three issues out so far number four comes out this wednesday and it, it's basically this like crazy space road trip yeah it's um i think it's like it's like cheech and chong meets um, Cheech and Chong meets, I don't know, like, it's, it's kind of like a space adventure, you know? Yeah, uh, it's, it's got like a fear and loathing aspect yeah, to it yeah. as well, where, you know, it, especially that very first part of fear and loathing when they're on the road and they're just whacked out on drugs. Yes. And, and it's like, they're trying to be serious, but they can't be serious because they're way too fucked up. And what's crazy about it, it reminds me of like, you know, like Inspector Gadget, he's like a horrible detective, right? And like... But he's still like, he's lucky enough to have things work out for him, you know? And a lot of it's Penny and the fucking Brainy, the dog and bullshit, right? But like in yeah. this one, like the more fucked up they are and they get into more fucked up situations and they keep doing drugs, but they keep getting out of these situations. <laughs> <laughs> and the main character, Anna, is like so delusional. Yes. Like, so, so Jake, in the, in this book, these people are eating this, it's a fruit, but it's spelled fruit with two O's. Okay. And there's like each planet's got like different strains and basically you eat it and it just fucks you up in a different way. And so it's just like an amalgam of any sort of psychedelic basically. Right. And each planet like has their own unique version. Yeah. Yeah. And so like okay. you might like on one planet, you might have a strain of fruit that's illegal. But if you have a, a strain that's from the next planetary system over, like you'd be safe to have that one. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so this main character Anna when she eats this fruit she like goes on a vision quest and there's this dude who basically <laughs> looks like 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 take your fist and like look at it and like that's yep. what this dude looks like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and like, true. she just refers to him as mentors where when you're in this psychedelic trip state this these mentors will come and talk to you and tell you what you should be doing and instead of listening to him she just refuses and when she comes out of the this like you know, vision state. She's talking to other people around her and she's like, why am I the only one that gets them? And they're like, well, we get them too. And she's like, why am I so special? <laughs> <laughs> that shit cracked me up, man. Oh my God. Uh, how many, how many issues of this has there been so far? Three, right? Just three. Yeah. 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 Number, number four comes out on Wednesday. Oh, awesome. Who'd you say wrote it? I just remember the uh, Santa Claus artist. <laughs> it's Ryan O'Sullivan. Okay, okay. And I love this. They've got like this guy that's after them who kind of, he's got like a healing regenerative kind of like power. Um, but he, he almost, he acts like he's godlike, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I have God question mark in my notes yeah. for, for Void Trip because it's like, okay, who is this guy going to pan out being? Because every time someone's like, oh, God, and he's like, well, yeah, that's accurate, but. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, he got, and he had that, like, that blast through the chest, right? And it healed like the next frame, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a fun book. I love, what are you going to rate it? I'm curious. Um, I'm going to give the very first issue a Tupperware. Yeah. And then each issue so far after that has been a high taste it. Okay. Okay. I will go Tupperware, high taste it Tupperware. I love that. 
that last issue fucking slayed me. Um, you know, I, I just so, love Jake. You will love this, dude. It's very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This last issue, they get to this planet Euphoria. <clears throat> oh fuck! Should I should I spoil this, Brian? Or yeah, I want people to read this because and it's okay and they'll enjoy it. So. Okay, so they get to this planet that, for the first two issues, they keep talking about wanting to go to, but Anna, this main character, is like, no, no, it's all in the journey, man. We can't just go there. (laughs) And so they actually go there, and they find out that the planet's at war, and there's not even any people left, because basically these different, like, hippie tribes that were on the planet got into a big argument over which fruit gave the best high, and so they started having a war, but then after a week, they got bored with it, and so they tasked all their robots to have a war, and then even after they've died out thousands of years later, the robots are still carrying on the war. Oh, because they amazing. weren't programmed to stop. <laughs> so, yeah, Euphoria is hardly that then, huh? Exactly, yeah. Oh, that is very Hitchhiker's Guide. It sounds oh, very absolutely. Douglas Adams. It's it's fantastic. It's a fantastic book. It's I love it. I, I and it's it's one of those things like I don't know where it's going. But I don't care. It's the void trip. That's what I love. It, it's like where it's going is like right in the title. We I, who knows? It's crazy. So I'm, yeah. And the trip, of course, is like they're tripping on acid. I love every every time you think like a character is actually somewhere, and then there's like the next panel, like they're actually like laying on the ground, having convulsions and tripping or something. It's like <laughs> it's like you don't know what's real and what's not. I love it it's so good. Um, did you have anything else? Uh, I, I had some stuff I watched, but I was thinking it might be stuff you bring up as well, yes. so I'll just chime in then. Let's talk about one of the things that I know you've watched, uh, Mute on Netflix. It dropped yesterday. Um, uh, a Mute, it's a film, it's a movie, not a series. Uh, a Mute bartender goes up against his city's gangsters in an effort to find out what happened to his missing partner. Uh, by missing partner, they mean his uh, love love interest in this. Uh, director is Duncan Jones, best known for like Moon, um, Source Code, um, and then a, then Warcraft. <laughs> um, and then uh, it's written by Michael Robert Johnson, who is uh, best known for uh, I guess Kit Harrington's Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this movie stars uh, Alexander Skarsgård uh, from the Tarzan film and then also from True Blood. And then uh, Paul Rudd and Justin Theroux, Justin Theroux from The Leftovers. And uh, I, I did they did did they just want to make Paul Rudd feel at home? So they gave Justin Theroux um, Owen Wilson's hair in this movie. <laughs> was that what happened, Joe? I, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> it did seem like he was doing an Owen Wilson impression throughout the whole movie. Well, his fucking hair it was Owen Wilson's hair. Like, they were, I think like they tried to trick Paul, like, nah, hey, Owen's gonna be here. I think for like the first week of filming, he thought he was filming with Owen. Like, they didn't even, they didn't even tell him. They told Justin just to play along. You know, hey, the, the only reason he did this film is because he thought Owen Wilson was going to be doing it. But anyway, um, Jake, did you did you watch this or have any interest in seeing this? Uh, I did have interest in seeing it um, with the cast and everything, you know, but yeah. I did not get a chance to see it since it dropped just yesterday. Yeah. Um, Joe, what did you think about Mute? By the time I was done with it, yeah. I really, really liked it. Really? But I had to watch the whole movie to get there because there was times throughout it where I was like, dude, just bail on this. Yeah. This is too fucking out there. Too yeah. weird. And, and when you said that it was the same director as Moon, I could totally pick up on that. Sure. This is a, pre- like a, like a, like, 
a passion project for him. He'd been working on this for like 15, 16 years. Um, and Netflix let him do it. So, um, it was the, it, so it stuck the landing for you. It absolutely did. Yeah. Really? By the time it was done, I was like, okay, this is, this is, um, definitely, I would give it a high taste. It really, oh my God, I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I am going to give this a low taste it. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, um, I thought Paul Rudd was great. I thought Justin Thoreau was great in it. And it's like, people will not like his character, but I don't think they're supposed to. He's a pedophile. So, um, but, um, I don't know. It's, um, I'm going to give it a low taste. It just didn't, I wanted to tap out after 45 minutes, but I wanted to find out like what happened to her, right? The missing love interest. So uh-huh. that's what, that's what kept me going till the end. Um, I don't know. I just felt like it was, it was wanting to be something. It just never really, it was wanting to be like Blade Runner and all these other things, but it never really was. I don't know. It didn't really excel in any area for me. I don't know. Even like the tech didn't do anything for me. And I don't know. I just think I thought I like Paul Rudd's performances, but uh, it's hard to pinpoint exactly why I didn't like it, but it wasn't, I didn't think it was a great movie. I didn't think it was that enjoyable. I don't know. Okay. Um, the, I thought all the performances in it were really good. I thought everybody did a really good job of selling me on their characters. Um, when you said the tech didn't really do much for you, yeah, I didn't think that this needed to be a futuristic movie at all. I mean, that almost seemed like that shit was thrown in there as an afterthought. I didn't see what was necessary to the plot to make this take place in the future the way I it think did. It was the the, um, the the I don't without I don't want to get into spoiling, but I think it was like the um, the fact that him being mute and then like you know the end of the film like. Okay, so yeah, so just for that, all that one <laughs> yeah, part is the yeah. only reason, and, and, and that's why. Yeah, like in the end, like it it struck me with a feeling when I was done, where I was like, I don't necessarily want to watch this movie again. Yeah, but they really did stick the landing, and and I did kind of see that that very last part of it coming to where you know basically what what, what the what ultimately would happen with the little girl i yes. kind of saw that coming that i saw that telegraph. an hour in i was i was yeah. at, i was at an hour and 6 minutes i remember um specifically when i when i felt like i was i was like pause <laughs> all right hour and 6 minutes in i know how this is going to end i know how this and, is going to end yeah and i felt like they left what would potentially have been the best scene in that movie they 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 either didn't shoot it or they just left it on the cutting room floor and i remember it was 90 minutes in because i tapped my screen to see exactly what the timestamp was because I was like, this is the moment you were waiting for, Stark, and then they yeah. fucking skipped right past it. Yeah. yeah and it, it was, you know, when, when dude basically goes into that club, you know, with, with the with the bedpost. Yeah, oh, it was kind of like a, right? a southern bastard scene. And then the the big giant dude yes. with the dorky glasses stands up. That and I'm pissed like, me off. what you've been fucking waiting for. Did and you then, know if you, if in the next <laughs> room, um, the cam- on the cameras, you can see it happen on the camera. Oh, okay. But you just see him like fall. You know, it's it, and it's it's not a great shot of it either. So yeah, yeah, that pissed me off. What the my my biggest problem with this is it just goes into the movie with I don't know any backstory really about any of these characters, and I'm supposed to care. And that's my biggest oh, yeah. problem with this. Joe was like, I don't know how him and her met. 
Um, I don't, I don't know any of that really. And I, I didn't know, and I, they had to keep all that kind of a secret, right? But that's mm-hmm. part of the problem. I like, I'm 45 minutes to an hour in and I don't care about any of these characters. And so, oh, yeah. dude, I just kept checking the timestamp and going, I can feel myself growing older. <laughs> yeah. But by the time it was done, I was like, okay, cool. It, it all wrapped up nicely. They stuck the landing. Well right. done. All right. But yeah, I'm not in a hurry to go watch the fucker again. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm glad. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to watch it at all now after hearing this. Kind of <laughs> I'll give you the crib notes on a break if you want. <laughs> all right. Good deal. <laughs> go read Void Trip. How about that? Um, let's see here. <laughs> I want to talk about, yeah, so mute. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, I watched uh, the first episode of Seven Seconds on Netflix. It's a brand new show, and it just dropped yesterday as well. Um, it's uh, tensions run high between African-American citizens and Caucasian cops in Jersey City when a teenage African-American boy is critically injured by a cop. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I didn't mean to laugh at that. I just like how they brought up like African-American citizen and Caucasian cops, and then they finish it off again with African-American and a cop. It's like, okay, a little redundant there. Got it. Anyway, um, it, uh, the first episode, it's basically about, um, a guy is talking to his wife on the phone and he's not paying attention and hits something and goes spinning in his car, gets out, sees that there's a bike under his car. We find out he's a cop. Um, he has his cop friends show up. They say, this is what we're going to do. They take the grill of his vehicle. Um, they put it in their car and they're going to cover it up. And it's basically about, um, I guess it's about prosecute, hopefully prosecuting this guy. I, um, I enjoyed the first episode. I'm going to freeze this one because I've, I'm only one episode in, um, as far as like the acting and everything, I'm going to give everything kind of like a taste it right now. Um, I, I only got we. You don't even get to see the boy until like the very last, say five minutes of the episode. But I'd say thirty minutes in, I'm I'm feeling how this mother felt. Like I'm not feeling how she felt, but I'm feeling really bad for her and the family to the point of like I'm tearing up. Like oh my gosh, this is horrible. I can't imagine they're going going through this and like the fact that like this kid is hit and then this guy just drives away. Like it was an accident, and they're more worried about what it's like in today's like you know uh, you know the the social climate that we have now of like you know white cop and 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 uh you know black kid and like how that's affected uh the nation and like that that this guy would get blamed for that and so um i don't know just uh i'm gonna continue to watch it I just I I just want there to be like a satisfying ending to this one so i'm gonna freeze it for now on my rating but um, the acting is fine. Um, it's got a couple. It, nobody's like a really big no, big name. It's got a couple actors like I know their faces, but I don't like know who their names are. So, but yeah, I'd recommend watching it. It's it's and it's a scripted drama. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm gonna talk about another show here real quick, and then I'll. See what Jake's been doing here. Uh, the Shy on Showtime. I teased this last week. Um, it's about a fateful turn of events sends shockwaves through a community on the south side of Chicago and connects the lives of Emmett, Brandon, Ronnie, and Kevin in, an, in unexpected ways. And it's created by Lena Waithe, who is a uh, Chicago native. 
herself. Uh, she was a writer on Master of None and a producer on Dear White People, the movie. Um, this, uh, this TV series on Showtime stars Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton. And he was also in Kong School Island. Uh, he played Easy e in uh, Straight Outta Compton. It also has Alex R. Hibbert from Moonlight. Um, and it's basically like a boy is murdered in, on the streets of Chicago. And another boy who who's nicknamed Coogie, and he's the younger brother of Jason Mitchell's character, Brandon, um, he hears a gunshot and uh, comes upon like a dead boy that's been shot. And so... He takes his shoes and he takes his necklace. He's kid got nice shoes and he's got this nice expensive necklace and this kid takes his shoes and necklace and takes off. He's, he's seen doing this and then like the police catch him. Um, and so like he's a suspect in the murder and everything. And then like later on the dead boy's father is talking to, he hasn't been really involved in the boy's life and he's talking to the mother. And she's like, you know, you need to find out who killed our son. And so he goes around and he's looking for who killed his son. And then he hears about Coogie and he thinks it's him. And so he basically takes out his own street justice and shoots him. And Coogie dies. And Coogie's a good kid. He's he's a good kid. He's gotten, you know, he took the shoes and shit and he gets... But overall, he's a good kid. And it, it was really hard seeing that kid die in this episode. I was hoping he'd be a part of the show, but... Um, and then, uh, these three boys, though, see him shoot Coogie. One of them is Alex R. Hibbert's character. And, um, now Jason Mitchell is the brother of, uh, of Coogie. He wants to find out who killed his brother. And, like, he, he plays a really good dude. He's like a, a sous chef and he's like, like, not a thug. He's just a really good dude. And he finds out who the killer is from Alex R. Hibbert's character. And that's basically the first episode of, of this uh, of this show, The Shy. And it, it's a lot of drama, and um, I it's fantastic. I give this a Tupperware. Um, I think it's like uh, I think we're like five episodes into this one, um, and it is it is fantastic. I think it's going to be a ten episode season. So, are they on location in Chicago? I believe so. I mean, I, I don't know. They haven't gotten any like um, if. Nothing that I can see um, would like makes make, you like think it's not that, that it's not exactly you know and they you know any shots of like real shots of Chicago I mean I guess they could be using like stock you know footage and stuff like that but I mean as far as like the care like the actors and like where they are like I I don't know if you know one hundred percent if it's filmed on location I'd have to look at the credits you know so. But, um, that's cool. That sounds good. It's really good. And so it's got some great talent involved. And I don't know if a lot of people are watching this one. So, Yeah, Showtime needs some hits. They do. Yeah, after Dexter, they've been struggling. So, um, Jake, let's talk about the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale oh, yeah. on Netflix. I, Joe, did you see this as well? Oh, dude, I've watched it twice so far. Nice. Nice. <laughs> all right, guys. Like, All right, hold on. Joel McHale. I love the guy. I love the guy. He's my favorite host of The Soup. A lot of people will say John Henson, but he's doing that fucking Wipeout show, so you can see where his career went anyway. And then, like, some people... I loved Greg Kinnear, so I really... I But Joel McHale is my favorite host of The Soup. The Soup got canceled by E, and I, like... Pff, 
I, I was tweeting about it. I was going nuts. I, I think I cried when I first heard the news. Um, and then the finale, the finale, the series finale, they E fucking premiered it on the same night that The Force Awakens came out. So that was the biggest fuck you ever. Um, so, um, I've, it, like, like a piece of, I, I would watch the soup every fucking week. I would DVR it and watch it. I love that show. And when it went off the air, like I was on Twitter, I joined Let's at, at Let's Save the Soup on Twitter and was retweeting, like, let's bring the soup back. And so, like, this is like an answer to fucking prayer to me. And so, um, right out of the gate, I'm giving it a Tupperware. It is hilarious, Jake. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm giving it a Tupperware, too. Um, Joel McHale is also my favorite host of it. Um, loved him from community and I, I just, he has the perfect like cynicism and snarkiness to deal with all these reality TV clips. And I thought this was fantastic. If they didn't blow their wad in this first episode and this is the quality we expect for the rest of the run, then wow. Cause this was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Joe twice. Oh yeah. Total, <laughs> total Tupperware for me. Did and, I need uh, to ask you watched it twice? <laughs> Dude, I love the soup. Even to this day, there's still random clips from it that I will just say out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, like I remember there was this one from um, oh, uh, uh, what what the hell's the reality show with the people who sing? American Idol. Yes, there was an American Idol one where they had a guy paired up with Randy Travis. <laughs> Randy Travis, good job. Like I still say that all the time, and nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. It's so fucking obscure, and it's like, hey, you didn't watch the soup as obsessively as I did. But I mean, that was like that was me and my wife's regular thing. Like we would look forward to the soup coming on every week. We would get oh, lit. Awesome. We would watch it. We would DVR it. Usually, watch it more than once. Oh, that's great, oh. man. I was so happy at the end of the episode when they showed, um, Mankini is back, yes. but he's, he's one piece, man. And I was like, oh my God. And, and I loved how Joel wouldn't let him say Mankini because of like, he didn't want to get like in trouble by E because they probably own the rights to Mankini or whatever the fuck, you know? Oh man. Remember, like, I was cracking remember- up at the over the top Netflix branding. Oh, yes. that's great. Dum, dum. Yeah, all the time. Boom, boom. Uh, so, guys, you gotta watch it. I'm telling you, if you, and I love the freedom he has now. He can drop the F bomb. They can, oh my God. It's just hilarious. It, if you never watch The Soup, it doesn't matter. Just watch the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale on Netflix. It is a Tupperware, all, that's a Tupperware party for the Joel McHale show with Joel McHale. It is so hilarious. I, this is, I'm, I'm so glad it's going to be part of my weekly routine again. Like I used to like take clips of The Soup and put them on episodes of PCL. Like that's how much yeah. I love The Soup. So, oh man, it was so good. I so actually good. watched it twice too because I watched it when <laughs> Michelle watched it for the first time. Yes, and during the montage where they're showing all the people hit by vehicles, uh-huh. I was like already cracking up before every hit. It was like even more funny the second time. <laughs> yes, what fucking slayed me was cunt. <laughs> <laughs> started it too yes how he's just there he's on the green screen he's looking around like he's a little weirded out and he's like where was i the bachelor and it's like <laughs> oh my god it's like it's it just felt exactly like the soup you know it's just oh yeah fucking brilliant just oh, beautiful it's so, good. it's so good all right uh let's see here jake what have you got for us 
Uh, I wanted to talk about quickly. I got Thor Ragnarok on digital. Yeah. And uh, I haven't watched the movie yet, but I've been blazing through a bunch of special features. But I wanted to bring up on the podcast to not sleep on the commentary on Thor Ragnarok. I'm sure it'll be on the physical copies, too. It is. I don't think I've heard a better commentary since the Spinal Tap DVD than this commentary. Really? It is like a movie within itself. And it's just Taika Waititi. And he is just going ham the entire time. I mean, there's very little insight to the making of Thor. There's a little bit. But it's mostly him just being so ridiculous. And it's, oh, my gosh, I found myself laughing so hard at all the absurd stuff he was making up and saying about all the different stuff that went on. Uh, man, I it really made me fall in love with him as a person listening to this commentary. It's it's a must listen to. He he has a song that he sings for the actual Marvel introduction logo. That's just absolutely hysterical. Um. One of the moments that cracked me up is during the um, fight scene where we're, you know, you see the POV hammer and everything. And he's talking about how if he could go back in time and tell young Taika that he would be directing a Thor movie using the greatest song of all time, that he would tell himself, I know, man, I can see the future. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it was oh, so amazing. Like one of the best two hours of my time spent this week he was has watching the this, best this commentary. Name. He has the best name of any director out there. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. I, I I will co-sign that. I can't even think of who you'd put up against him in the uh, WrestleMania of director names. You can't. You can't. His first name, Taika, sounds like a toy manufacturer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then it sounds like a Jawa noise after that. Yeah. Waititi! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jake, we nailed it. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I love it, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This was so great, you guys. I, I don't know if you guys are early adopters or you'll be waiting for the physical copy to see Thor again. But, oh, man, I haven't even watched the movie without this yet again. I just went straight to this because you kind of get sucked in by the in- – he does a ridiculous introduction when you even first put – the blu-ray in yeah where he introduces the movie and it's just being his ridiculous over-the-top self about everything that went into uh the movie and what you're about to see have it's, you guys, it's so good have you guys been uh you know like thor ragnarok made the immigrant song like famous for like this action sequence you know and shit great song mm-hmm. i mean it's been a famous great song for you know 40 some years or whatever the fuck i'm just saying like for this action sequence it's just incredible um have you guys seen some of like they've been adding the immigrant song to like some other movies? Have you have you seen those videos? No, no, oh. but I, I like it when they do that kind of stuff. Okay, so like there's the spoilers, guys. If you haven't seen Star Wars: The Last Jedi, okay, so skip ahead <laughs> like you know a minute or something. Anyway, they they take the scene with uh, Ray and Kylo in the in the red throne room, and as soon as like the, the as soon as like. The um, the lightsaber flies into Ray's hand. You hear like, and then you see just like fucking Kylo and Ray just going nuts in the red throne room. It's an immigrant song, and it's it's awesome. It's incredible. So, oh, that is that yeah. is sweet. I'll check that out. <laughs> it's, because like you oh, know, yeah. she gra- like it hits her hand, and the music starts, and then she just kind of like looks at Kylo, and they're just like they have like this understanding. Like, let's fuck up some Praetorian guards. Immigrant song just blaring. It's amazing. So yeah, YouTube Sweet. that shit. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, that sounds like Taika Waititi commentary. The guy's fucking hilarious, man. He was Korg for crying out loud. 
Yeah, I never thought I would come on here and be wanting to Tupperware a commentary track, but I just I, I don't I know a lot of people. I think commentaries mm. have become something that people don't really ever listen to anymore. Yeah, like the fad is kind of worn out. Like we get them all the time, but I don't think too many people are out there checking them out anymore. Sure. But yeah, take the time for this one. It'll, yeah. it, if you liked the movie, you'll love this. My guess was you're going to come on tonight and Tupperware some fucking bullshit game show that just came out. Oh, I got that next. <laughs> you son of a bitch! Are you serious? Yes, actually. Oh, fuck my life. <laughs> fuck my life. All right. Do you want to do it now? You, no, we... no, I, I'll, I'll take oh, a breather. Oh, oh, hey, Brian, we'll tear the bandage off later, asshole. So... <laughs> <laughs> you and your goddamn game shows. Anyway, I love game shows. I know. You, my habit. you and my grandfather. It's like, fuck, man. It's like Matlock and game shows. All right, let's see here. I'll add your grandfather to my LinkedIn. Yeah, oh my gosh. The, <laughs> when they have fucking Matlock as a category on Jeopardy, it's just like, oh, I just jizzed, I came myself. Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Everything Sucks, Joe. Um, not this show. Not, and not, 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 not. I was like, why am I left out of this not, conversation? Not, not, not what Jake brings to the table for Good Pop, Bad Pop. <laughs> Let's talk about everything. Ow. Everything sucks. You just got barbish on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you got barbed. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, let's see here. Everything sucks. It's a new series on Netflix. Um, in the 1990s, Oregon members of a high school AV club clash with the drama club. And this came out a couple weeks ago on Netflix. And, um, Joe, uh, how many episodes? I, I, I killed the, I think it was, was it like eight episodes? I killed all eight episodes in one day. I just <laughs> knocked them out in a four hour sitting. Um, each episode's like 27 minutes or so. Uh, how many episodes have you seen? I watched the first episode. Okay. What did you think? It definitely, okay. So leading into it, I'd heard so much about, oh, you know, if you if you grew up in the 90s, yeah. you've got to watch Everything Sucks because the nostalgia vibe is off the charts. Yeah. And they were not shitting. I mean, everything down from CRT TVs to, I mean, obviously the soundtrack, just that that mm-hmm. song leading into it's been in my head ever since watching it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it, 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 I'm thinking I'm in the exact same age as these kids. Like, I might have been... I'm thinking I was a sophomore because it, it takes place in 97, right? Yes, it takes place in 97. So Okay, so yeah. so I was a sophomore. So, yeah, they, I mean, this is right there with me when I was in high school. And I'm definitely going to have to go back and finish it because it's got me hooked. Just the character development that they got in that first episode was really, really good with the mm-hmm. principal's daughter. Yeah. And, and the freshmen that are joining the AV club. Uh it, for me, it was almost cringeworthy with embarrassment when those uh, the drama kids were doing like the Romeo and modern Romeo and Juliet shit in the lunchroom. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And I loved the bit with the corn dog and the kid even going back, and he was all bummed out that they took his corn dog off his plate. Yeah, <laughs> but um. It's great stuff. I yeah. mean, yeah, it is definitely in your face that, you know, hey, this is 90s. You know, yeah. I mean, everything from Tori Amos conversation and yeah. 
Um, good stuff so far though. Yeah. I, um, I love this series. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm going to give it a Tupperware overall. I think the story's great. I do think that the directors have a problem with the nineties stuff. I think that they shove it so much into your face that it's almost laughable at times. Um, it's, I think like going back and watching Freaks and Geeks, which I think is a superior show at presenting the eighties just by presenting it by like what people are wearing and the cars, you know, that, and, and the kids conversations. I think they're more natural and organic. I think this is like a little too forced. There's literally a scene where a kid does a Beavis and Beavis and Butthead impersonation with mystery science theory, uh, theater 3000 playing in the background. Um, they, oh my god! They get in your face with like surge soda, um, and then it's just they. I before I like I was joking around with one of our listeners, Josh Davis. I was like, I'm three episodes in, and they haven't played a Weezer song yet. And then next thing you know, episode four, Weezer song, boom! It's like all the it's like all the hits of the '90s. Like it's. Uh. It's At a that point, t- just call it everything nineties, right? right? Yeah, exactly. It, I and I, I don't want this to sound like I hate the show. I love the story. The story's great. I just think that they don't find a really organic way to show you that they, they're they're trying too hard to show you this is the nineties, and like I'm, I definitely remember the nineties. I graduated in ninety six. I mean, I was I was there. I know all about the nineties, but. I don't feel when I'm watching it, I, what takes me back is the music. And like, that's that it takes me back to my own personal experiences with like the songs and the music that they're playing. It doesn't, it doesn't make me feel like, Oh, it's when I'm watching it, I'm like, yep, this is what the nineties were like. It's like, it, that's not it. That's not it for me. It's not that for me. It's just like, I don't know. I lo- but I love the story, so I'm going to give it a Tupperware because I really I, I can't wait to see the second season. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's just I don't <laughs> I think they try a little too hard to let you know that we're in the 90s, or as to where like shows like Freaks and Geeks, it was a little bit more just kind of like you can tell just by the way the kids are the way they're talking and um, the way they're dressed, and it wasn't a constant barrage of like 80s music being played in Freaks and Geeks. It <laughs> um, as to where this is just literally song after song after song after song. It's just like, boom, beating you over the head with Bloodhound Gang, not a surf. Like, boom, ah, ah, uh, Weezer. It's like Tori Amos. Like, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> but, um, um, I loved it though. I still loved it. I love the characters in the show. I love the, uh, the father that plays the principal. Um, and then like that, that relationship with like, um, Luke's, what is it? Luke's yeah. Luke, his mother, I'm like rooting for that relationship, wanting that to work. Um, I think it's got a a really interesting, um, story as far as uh, the, the sophomore girl, the principal's daughter with her, um, being confused about her sexuality, thinking she might be gay. And then I think at the end of the season, it kind of like, she's kind of like, I, I think it, um, I think it could all fall apart, whatever. If you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. I think it all could fall apart if somebody comes back. So, anyway, um, but yeah. Alright, I'm done talking about that. Uh, my review- I'm looking at, 
I looked up the uh, soundtrack on Spotify because yes. I was sure that someone had to go and like take all the songs and make a playlist, and it's it's cracking me up. I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> The first song is the impression that I get, the Mighty yeah. Mighty Boss. Yes, goes. yes, yes. It's got the only Blues Traveler song anyone, everyone okay. knows. Jake, they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they show up. They show up to um, the AV kids get in a clash with the um, drama club, and they show up with alcohol to appease them. Jake, take a guess as to what alcohol they give the AV. <laughs> Mad Dog 2020. No, no, no you're no. close. No, think about it. Come on, 90s, 90s. Zima, you nailed it. (laughs) I needed two guesses. I had to go with the old Mad Dog first. That was was our drink of choice. You know, if you flip a Mad Dog upside down, it looks like Batman eating out of a chick. Yeah, it's the same thing with the um, (laughs) Red Bull logo too. Red Bull, not Red Bull. A Red Dog. Red Dog. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of Mad Dog. I was thinking of Red Dog. Yeah, the Red Dog beer is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it looks like Batman going down on a chick. Yeah, it's a, it looks like it's on purpose. It's so oh, in your face. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about um, uh, Jake's going to talk about a game show. I'm going to talk about a new movie called Game Night. Oh, I know. I really wanted to see this. A group of friends who meet regularly for game nights find themselves trying to solve a murder mystery, and it's directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Um, they were the writers for Spider-Man Homecoming, and uh, possibly they're going to be our Flashpoint directors. Uh, they revealed to THR recently that they haven't quite signed on yet. Um, they're still negotiating, and they're hoping that a deal gets worked out. So uh, it's written by Mark Perez. Uh, it stars Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, Kyle Chandler, Jesse Plemons. Um, so Kyle Chandler and Jesse Plemons, both from Friday Night Lights, are in the same film together, and that made me feel as a friday night lights fan um that made me feel good to see them two back together again uh and then also lamorne morris uh from new girl and uh barbershop three which i also saw barbershop three in the theater which i love all those barbershop movies um anyway but i love lamorne morris and it was good to see him in this um this i don't see another comedy coming out this year that is going to be better than this this is wow I had the theater to myself. I went to a 2.30 showing on Friday, um, and the guy said, eh, you're the only one in the showing. And I was like, awesome. So I got the whole fucking theater <laughs> to myself. I'm able to howl and laugh. I was in there, like, shit, stuff was happening. I was going, oh, shit. I felt great. It was so great just to be able to <laughs> laugh and just just howl and everything. I I was this, – this is hysterical. This movie is fucking hysterical there is a jesse plemons plays this next door neighbor whose wife left him and it's left him like desperate for friends and so he always wants to join on game night but he depresses the fuck out of them so they never invite him and they try to hide the fact that they're having game night from him and he keeps acting creepier and creepier and creepier and on top of it he's holding the cutest little westy puppy like this dog is just (laughs) adorable and um it'll lick his face and (laughs) it's all weird but jesse plemons uh plays a police officer in this and he is just he's so creepy and weird but he's so funny there's a scene with the dog that if you do not laugh, you are out of your mind. It is so fucking funny. Rachel McAdams is great in this. Um, she 
basically this movie, is, what happens is they have this game night. They always play these games. Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams are a married couple. And then um, his brother, who is like more successful, is Kyle Chandler. And he's going to have like this elaborate murder mystery game where one of them is kidnapped and they have to find out, you know, who the kidnappers are and then bring them to justice. And so there's a really cool scene with Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. Uh, he played Bern, um, was it Bernard. He shows up in this movie, which is really cool. It's really nice to see him as a Westworld fan. But um, anyway, so they think that they're, but what happens is it's actually real kidnappers um, that show up and uh, take Kyle Chandler from them. And they think that they're in a game and then the shit gets really fucking funny from there and there's a time there's a point in time where rachel mcadams is holding a gun to these guys and she does the whole pulp fiction quote with the lady don't any of you fucking pricks fucking move or i'll execute every one of you and she does (laughs) she does it so good um and uh jesse plemons like i said is is a scene stealer uh jason bateman is phenomenal in this lamorne morris is great him and his like um his uh, wife in this one are fucking great. Like, the, apparently, like, they had a split before they got married and she slept with a celebrity. And, like, the whole movie, he's trying to figure out who the celebrity was. And it that's a funny part in the movie. Um, and then stick around. Stick around. When the movie ends, do not get up and leave. Watch the animated credits because it's filled with some really great stuff that actually helps tie in a lot of the things that happened in the movie. So don't get up and leave. Watch the animated credits at the end. It's really kind of genius what they did here tupperware this movie all the way it is it is going to be the comedy of the year for me i don't think that there's going to be another comedy that comes out that's better this year and if flashpoint if they can land these guys uh as directors um i am on board for flashpoint if warner brothers does not get involved and fuck it up because these guys um one of them is uh what's his name daly uh john francis daly he was the younger brother in freaks and geeks now he's grown up and he's a director and a writer and um man just this is this is great this is see this one in the theater this is a great date night movie so take take that special someone out if you want to go out like if you hey this is great for a first date this is fucking spanish fly for a first date she's gonna love it you're gonna get laid at the end of the night i promise you because she'll be laughing and the panties will fall off yes i just said it anyway but uh (laughs) yeah i can't wait to see this the premise looks fantastic it's great it's so good like i don't like it's like all the good comedies coming out are either from like i think the jason and Bateman's just nailing it, man. Like Horrible Bosses, the first one was great. Even the second one was really good with Chris Pine. This cast is just phenomenal, man. It's so good, so good. So yeah, you got to see this, Joe. You got to go see this in the theater. You got to take the wife to see this. Oh yeah, I saw the trailer either yesterday or the night before, and I was like, Lindsay, did you see this trailer? I was like, we got to go yeah. see this. It looks so funny. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear it was good. It's it it's hilarious. Oh my god, Rachel McAdams is just so cute in this movie. Oh my gosh, she's adorable. Anyway, whew, uh, let's. Uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, I'm drinking Stella. Fuck off. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's talk about Annihilation. Jake. No, let's do it. Can we take a quick break? <laughs> Jake, break. It's not Black Panther. Jake's like, fuck you, Brian. Take- I was not lying about that. <laughs> Red Bull, dude. <laughs> it ain't Black Panther, Ryan. <laughs> they ain't gonna be Black Pants for long either. They're gonna be yeah. golden. Oh, wow. 
Really, <laughs> Jake may piss himself. I may, you know what? We're gonna keep. We're gonna go. <laughs> oh man! Wait, hold on, hold on. Tell you, tell you what. Tell you what. Tell you what. It's gonna be a long mute no, button. Tell you what. For me in a I'm, I'm gonna hit stop. I'm gonna hit stop here in a moment. We're gonna come back. You're gonna talk about your little game show, and then because I don't want, I don't want to talk about annihilation, and like end on your game show. Okay. <laughs> 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 I can, I hold. I can, I can hold. I can talk about the game show real quick right now because it's really not nothing that big. Uh, I, this game show involved people seeing how long they can hold their urinating because that game would fascinate no. you. You'd be because like, "Oh my I god, this that, guy that, is that Brian." You wouldn't believe it. This guy went three hours holding his urine. In. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he, that guy. That guy is like a god to you. Like, oh my god! I know. I'm so jealous of that motherfucker <laughs> and his fucking bladder. Your bladder is the size of a goddamn grape nut. What the fuck, Jake? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get a fucking like bladder transfer or you know implant. And it's gonna end up being from some serial killers, and then I'll start murdering people. What was that movie? You remember that? Idle Hands. There you go. Oh, there love- was another one too. There was a more serious version of it too that Idle Hands was kind of playing off of. I forget what it was. It was an arm. It was an arm in that one. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let uh, talk about your game show, please. Okay. I just really quickly. I, I've been addicted to a couple apps. Uh, one's called The Cash Show, and one is called HQ. Oh. And I dropped my mic, but um, mic. they're they're both. Like game show apps that actually run live game shows. They both do it twice a day, and there's actually like a live host. And if you can answer 12 questions in a row, then you win a share of $2,500 with however many people answered all 12 questions in a row. And it's pretty fun to watch, even if you can't do it. Um, It's called HQ. Um, I've watched it twice now. The first night, um, everyone won $12, and then the second night, 50 people won $50 by making it to the end. Only 50 people made it. And it usually starts with about 1.2 million people at the first question. And like I said, at the end of the one I watched last night, there were 50 people left. And How are people not Googling 50... this stuff? Like, just Google the answer, right? Oh, it's it's too quick, Brian. I'm telling you. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to quit my job on this shit. But it's like it's like three to five seconds, and it's fast. And they, they know what's going on. And the questions are asked in a certain way that you just are not going to be able to Google that information fast enough for most of it, I don't think. Okay. I mean, you could try, but it would be it would be rough. It's pretty fast and furious. Yeah. And, I mean, it, there's, there's no ads during it. Um, I'm not really sure how these apps are even making money, to be honest with you. It is really neat. And you can connect your PayPal account right to it, and if you win the money, you just download the money right into your PayPal. It's pretty amazing and a lot of fun. So one's called HQ, one is called Cash Show. Have you heard of any of these apps, Joe? No. Yeah, I've been on a really big trivia bender lately, like even listening to a lot of trivia podcasts. And, man, these these have been just a lot of fun. Like I said, it's twice daily. If you turn on your push notifications, it'll give you about a 15-minute warning before one of the game shows go live. And it's a live host and everything, and it's a lot of fun to watch even after you lose out. Hmm. So I've actually won seven cents so far oh that's awesome dude <laughs> i know i know I've, they, I've only, you know they lose more money paypaling that shit to you <laughs> well it's a minimum of ten dollars before you can um Cash get out. the paypal out yeah 
You, but you can build it all up nine, at a time. $9.93 to go, sir. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I just wanted to bring those up to any listeners out there. It's pretty neat stuff, I think, if you're into trivia and a, game shows. Your new nickname is Sub 7 Cents. <laughs> Sub 7 Cents. Yeah, I brought it all back. Yeah. Better than Sub Zero. Yeah. All right. And uh, we'll be right back. Is that, you had nothing left to say, right? Yeah, I don't need the break anymore. I peed myself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. I'm gonna go. Hey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get some more Stella. So fuck it. All right, cool. All right. back uh let's talk about uh annihilation um this is the new alex garland film it's about a a biologist's husband disappears she puts her name forward for an expedition into an environmental disaster zone but does not find what she's expecting the expedition team is made up of the biologist an anthropologist a psychologist a surveyor and a linguist that's directed by Alex Garland. It's written by Alex Gar- Garland, um, written for the screen from him. And it's based on the novel uh, by Jeff Vandermeer. And I read this. I found that this was interesting because like, this is based on Jeff Vandermeer's – I guess this is the first part of his – of what he – of what he called – it's like a trilogy of books that he came out with. Um, and this is the based on the first part. Um, Alex Garland decided to not reread Annihilation, instead decided to adapt it like a dream of a book. And I thought that was an interesting way to to do this project. And Jake, I don't know about you, but it, it felt like even though like this was based on like the first part of that series, it felt like this was very kind of like definitive like there like there wouldn't be any sequels to this like this is just like a yes yes i never i never expected an annihilation two. right i I found the ending very similar to ex machina yeah the cinematographer for this one i also want to give some credit it was rob harvey rob hardy um who's also the same cinematographer from ex machina and uh the upcoming mission impossible fallout so another reason i'm looking forward to mission impossible fallout oh my god have you seen the mission impossible fallout trailer in in the theater yet i have finally isn't it fucking incredible yeah it's a good trailer there's definitely some good in in the imax it was almost yes i when i saw it in imax i was like oh my god when henry cavill like rolls up his sleeves and gets ready to punch tom cruise i'm like oh shit oh man and he 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 lands some good fucking punches oh it looks so good 
That mustache is glorious. It is. It really is. Like Tom Selleck, like eat your heart out, man. Like this is, it rivals, it rivals. The bad CG has been fully explained after seeing that trailer in IMAX. Yeah. (laughs) That was a lot of stash. Yeah. A whole lot of stash. Uh, This movie stars Natalie Portman. Uh, Benedict Wong uh, was in this. He played Lomax. He was uh, Wong, of course, in um, Doctor Strange. Oscar Isaac as uh, Kane. Jennifer Jason Leigh is in this film as Doctor Ventress. Gina Rodriguez and Tessa Thompson are both in this film. Um, Jake, I'm going to start it off with you. I'm dying to hear what you thought about Annihilation. Yeah, this one is really weird for me. I don't. I, I'm honestly, I'm still processing it. I think. Uh, I think where I'm at right now, I'm at a taste it. I think a little bit of my issue is my hopes were so high because Ex Machina is one of my favorites. Yeah, and it, it just wasn't. I mean, it, it it wasn't as good as that, unfortunately. And so, and I hate to judge that against it. But another thing that, like, this is nothing. Like, I can see the quality, like, why people would love this movie. And there's a lot of, like, really interesting things going on and mm-hmm. well done stuff. But this movie made me think of a lot of dark things that I honestly wasn't all that comfortable sitting in the theater thinking of. Like, I, I really um, fell into kind of the, the cancer analogy that they were doing. Mm. And it actually, like, kind of brought me a little bit to a dark place. And it made me not enjoy the movie. Oh, um, wow. And I didn't. I actually did a bunch of reading on the internet, and I read. I think it was Slash Film. Actually, made me realize that I wasn't crazy, and did a lot of the compare. Like they actually compared the shimmer itself to a cancer on the Earth that couldn't be stopped and was slowly spreading. Yeah. As part of the uh, analogy going on, and I, man, I definitely noticed it. And I thought this was a good movie. I could see why people would love this movie, mm-hmm. but it's it's a movie that I will never watch again. Oh wow! I. I feel the opposite. I watched it and I wanted to immediately watch it again. Um, I thought that it was a clever way to explain why this was happening. Um, the one thing that I did think was silly, um, I, but I did feel like people were acting like who, what they should be acting like until they got in the shimmer, which made sense. Unlike Prometheus, where like you've got a you know, a biologist doing some stupid shit and, you know, um, yeah, poke it with the stick. We don't yeah. know what it is basically. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a geologist, but I'm also acting like a mercenary, you know, it just didn't make sense to me in that film. Like here you've got characters acting like what I think that they would act like until they get into the shimmer. It's the shimmer is a different kind of place and it does affect you. What didn't make sense to me, Jake is like why they didn't go in there with like, kind of like gas masks and hazmat suits. Like they just went in there like the whole thing it, it the whole thing seemed like the movie almost made it seem like by the time people were going into the shimmer yeah. they were already accepting that they were going to die they 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 very much implied that the volunteers are people that kind of have nothing yeah. left to live for anymore yeah oh yeah um uh Jennifer Jason Lee's character mainly yeah definitely but i think all of them are kind of a little bit like know that they're probably not coming out on the other side Oh, I'm talking about like her motivations for going in. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, except for the main character, what's yeah. what was Natalie Portman's name? Uh, Lena. There you go, Lena. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think she really believes that she has a chance to get in and get out yeah. with what she's experienced before. Yeah. Well, with her being a biologist, she felt like she could also get answers to like what happened to her husband. Um, 
which I thought was interesting because I thought this whole thing was like a rescue mission to get him out of there. I didn't know. You know what I mean? I didn't know that it was – I I don't know, man. I, I really enjoyed this. There were some things like at the beginning where it was like the time was a little bit wonky, like – they 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 weren't remembering things, and then like that's part of the story just kind of like went away, right? Like they yeah, they yeah. never really went back to that. Like they'd already yeah, like, so. I was I'm at a weird stance with this movie. Like I I I can't fault you for loving it. I mean, it definitely mm. the climax was definitely tense yeah. and and very exciting. Yeah, I, lo- I yeah it was. It was I don't know. It was just like um, I thought it was beautiful. I remember like certain things that she said, talking about how certain things echo and like. That was very cool. Like you, sir, you kind of saw echoes in this, in the shimmer. The shimmer itself just reminds me, the way it looked, it reminded me of like the way gasoline looks when it hits water. And yeah, yeah. I thought that I wasn't that, a big fan of the bear creature. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, know, I remember what you're talking Yeah. The bear creature. I, I thought that was a little bit where the movie all of a sudden it was a very smart movie and i yeah. thought that whole section was like the tropius section oh god the, the, jake i uh the first the first introduction to the bear character i was just kind of like bleh. but when they're the room scene and the noises it made were terrifying <laughs> that was terrifying it was like it was the, the the way that the dna would mix and the roars from the bear already being also being screams from the woman was terrifying to me. Like that's yeah. nightmarish, man. Yeah, I thought the sounds did a really good job of adding to my anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Between the the score itself, which yeah. was a lot of no score and just like noises yeah. loudly pumped, with just a weird sound design and mix throughout the uh, world because of the you know all the DNA stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed the explanation of the shimmer too. I thought that that was a smart explanation and fascinating to think about. Um, you know, I don't want to say it on the show because, like, I want people to go see this in the theater, and that, I think that's a big spoiler. I think it's really cool. Like, it's just not explained away stupid. It's I think it's a smart way to explain to explain how how this is happening. So, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I thought the ending was a solid ending. It definitely didn't piss me off with what it was presenting. Well, not even the ending. Like, just like how it's able to do, how the, the science behind the shimmer I thought was interesting. I thought it was cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, what is actually happening with it, you mean? I want to use. I, I guess we don't want to spoil it. If yeah. I say the. I, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> okay? okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to pause right now and I'll tell you. All right, yeah. So we had our little chat there, but I I love this movie. Um Jake, I love it. I Tupperware, I think it's fantastic. It's not as good as Ex Machina. Ex Machina is um might be definitely, you know, as far as like uh, his first movie goes, it's still the best, but I really enjoyed Annihilation. So Yeah, I it doesn't like turn me away from Alex Garland I, and and I just taste it, but it's just my own personal hang-ups. I just couldn't just love this movie. This movie made me cringe in a lot of different spots, but like in a good way for me. Like, <laughs> so I I recommend this one. It's it's very slow paced. It's very slow paced. Um, I don't. I had a lot of people in my theater too, which was great. The problem with this one 
is I think it costs, um, I'm seeing like IMDb says 55 million, Box Office Mojo says 40 million, and it's made 3.8 over the weekend so far. Um, it's not gonna hit its budget. The, Jake, what's fucked up about this one is what I'm reading is that it was, it was released only in theaters domestically here in the U.S. Internationally, everybody else is gonna get this on Netflix. Wow, I did not know that. That's, that's crazy. That's what I've read, so. I don't like that. That that's not fair. First off, I, I don't think definitely not fair to the movie, in my opinion. Um, unless I hope Netflix is basically paying for like what what they didn't make in the in the box office here. So I don't know, man. Yeah, I'd be very curious to know what the fee that Netflix pays is for this. Yeah, and like when is Netflix going to get this out internationally? So, and it. it it's, yeah, it is. That's it's just bizarre. I'm glad I got to see it in the theater. I, I really am, and uh, I'm really looking forward to his FX TV show, which I have more news on that later. Um, I think we're not going to get into the annihilation as far as like too many details because I think this is one that that you'll need to see in the theaters. It is very slow paced, people. This is not like a like an action movie where it's action sci-fi. This is very slow paced and uh, cerebral. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I heard a lot of that before I saw it. And, and that actually, like I was built up for it to be like kind of <laughs> 2001 slow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually found it not to be very slow paced at all. Really? I, I was actually, supp- I mean, it's not, you're, it's not a Michael Bay yeah. movie by any means. No, but I was definitely never bored. I never thought, I thought stuff, interesting stuff was always happening. No, for me, it was, uh, I think it was like, uh, it wasn't, it didn't feel like too slow paced for me, but it was just because I was so anxious. (laughs) Yeah. But I I get you. I think if you're not an Alex Garland fan and that you're going in clean, not knowing anything, you're just kind of like, okay, I saw the trailer. I saw that there was a monster in the trailer. What's going on here? You know, know, this is like, um, this is, you know, pick it up a little bit, but I for me, I was just anxious and wanting to know, like, where is it? Where's the movie going to take me? So, I don't know. I guess it goes. I guess it goes into like how how you're going into the movie, thinking about it. So, um, let's uh, move on into news if you guys are ready. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Read all about it. It's a lot of news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Alright, let's see here. Hey Jake, this should, uh, this news should make you very happy. According to Variety, Jessica, uh, Jessica Chastain is in talks to play adult Bev in the It sequel. Yeah, I've heard there's a very good possibility that's gonna happen. Uh, apparently she starred in the director's first movie. Yeah, yeah, they've worked together before, so that really bodes well for, for that. Um, you know what, and she's, what's fucked up about this is, Jessica Chastain is going to be in X Men Dark Phoenix. Like, isn't that fucked up? I don't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, I had forgotten that. Yeah, they cast her. It's fucked up. Jessica Chastain is going to be in X Men Dark Phoenix, directed as, by, a, as a known character. Uh, I, we don't know who her character is. There, there was rumors initially that she was going to be. Um, I guess a leader in the, in the Cree army. I, so I, I don't know. Or scroll, scroll, hmm. excuse me, scroll army. 
Interesting. Oh, I forgot that both both movies are using scrolls. Yes. So I I don't know who her character is going to be. I guess I mean I guess I could go to IMDb. I, maybe it's been updated, but um, I don't sweat it that much. She's she's going to be in that movie. But yeah, I think like you know this was like the fan casting. Everybody was wanting Jessica Chastain to play Bev, adult Bev, and I think it's probably going to happen, which is great news. I Yeah, I would say 90% chance this is what's happening. Yeah, so um, as far as I know, they, they're they working on the script still. It's not nailed down yet, so who knows when they're going to start filming this one. Um, we're going to get a uh, Dungeons & Dragons film, guys, uh, in 2021 with, uh, <laughs> with the uh, Lego Batman movie director, Chris McKay, possibly directing um and uh he'll be he'll it'll be uh based off a script from david leslie johnson from um the conjuring 2 and uh which is being re rewritten uh rewritten by michael Gillio. and i tried to look him up and i could not find shit on uh Michael Giglio. Uh, I also, but I did look it up. Joe Manganiello is listed on IMDb as a rumored writer on this. Like we talked about this before, um, I believe a long time ago. Tell, tell Michelle I said hi and I hope those dishes go well for her. Um, anyway, <laughs> Jake. I heard. Yeah, I tried, I tried to mute. I didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> Don't sweat. I'm just fucking around. I'm having fun. I'm having, anyway, Joe Manganello. I think we talked about this before. Joe Manganello is like, he, he's like a big Dungeons and Dragons fan. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, I looked also as far as like actors, it, it's rumored that Ansel Elgort, who played Baby and Baby Driver, is rumored to be in this cast. So, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. You think Joe Manganello, would star in this movie you know he's you know muscular and you know okay okay what are your thoughts on this jake joe are you guys excited for a dungeons and dragons movie um chris mckay does he excite you um i don't know what are you guys thinking uh, you could do worse than chris mckay i guess but i mean just the whole idea of doing a dungeons and dragons movie has been so tarnished from the thing that had marlon waynes in it yeah. to the sci-fi <laughs> channel movie uh, I'm just uh, I mean it, it, I would love to be proven wrong but I'm definitely not clamoring for it what if they take an, oh, well, what do you think Joe the, yeah that, I was going to bring up the Marlon Wayans one they're not going to be like guys that worked out so great let's let's use that as a blueprint for our film come on night, come on I'm sure Marlon Wayans is not busy uh, no okay God. just just with Dungeons and Dragons they've got a lot of good material they sure. can pull from yeah. I mean if they do it right and you're a fan of fantasy then yeah this should be very good but it it, it all depends on the execution on the script what if what if they, what if they base good. it off the the eighties cartoon where it's kids from our world or adults from our world that get sucked into the Dungeons and Dragons film? We saw them do it with um, Jumanji this year with like The Rock and Kevin Hart and Jack Black getting sucked into the Jumanji thing, and they made it a comedy. Like they could do that here. Like I could that work? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the 80s cartoon, if you're not familiar with it, it was called Dungeons and Dragons. And it was kids that got on a roller coaster at like a fair. And it was called Dungeons and Dragons. And they go through the roller coaster. And on the other end, they arrive in, in this dungeon master world. And they, they meet, yeah, dungeon world or whatever. And they meet dungeon master and... Um, what was it? Peter Cullen voiced, um, the villain in that show, the, the voice of Optimus Prime. He voiced the villain in that uh, cartoon, but I love that cartoon. I'm not saying that they have to yeah, base that it. That cartoon was great. The cartoon was great. I'm not saying that they have to base it off of that cartoon 100%. They don't have to have like Barbarian Kid. They don't, ha- you know, with the club. They don't have to have the, the warrior. They don't have to have the girl with like the invisibility cloak. Um, what was it? The other, the other kid was the magician, the mage, and then the other girl had like the bow staff. They don't have to go like all out and do that, but like they could take people from the real world and put them into this, into, into this, and that might be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I like your idea. I think you have to come at it that way. Like you can't take it too seriously. You can't get heavy in a whole giant boat of mythology that no one's going to care about. I think you're thinking about it the right way well, or you bring something we can relate to into this world. The reason that makes me think that is because like they're bringing Chris McKay onto this, like who did the Lego Batman movie. Like he, and he's also, you know, going to be doing the Nightwing film. But anyway, it's like, I think, you know, Chris McKay sounds like from everything, like I'm reading from Chris McKay on Twitter. And, and it seems like he's a fan of all these things and that, he would have like his finger on the pulse of like what you should do to maybe get a Dungeons and Dragons movie right. So I don't know. Like when you think Dungeons and Dragons, of course, yes, your mind and it goes back to that Marlon Wayans film and how terrible that was. But um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that maybe they got something here. But I I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It's a wait and see. Um, we have some info on Alex Garland's new FX TV show. Um. So, do you think, Jake, do you think FX is worried a little bit after losing kind of like Ryan Murphy? Ryan Murphy was their guy, like American Horror Story, American Crime Story. And now Ryan Murphy, anything, he did like this $300 million deal with Netflix. Netflix is going to be all new Ryan Murphy shows being developed are going to go to Netflix. $300 million deal, biggest deal for a TV creator ever. Um, I think Netflix overspent, but anyway. Um, yeah, wow, the pressure of that too. Oh man, if that's a flop. Exactly, but anyway, American Horror Story and American Crime Story are still going to be on FX, but anything new that he does is going to be going to Netflix. Um, do you think that FX is like worried now after losing Ryan Murphy? Is this like a blow to them? Uh, I mean, it, it is a blow to them. I'm not 100% sure if they're worried, but they would definitely have reason to potentially be worried. I mean, he filled yeah. up a lot of time slots. See, that's the thing. It's like, I think it is kind of a big blow to them. I mean, yeah, they've Agreed. got they've got Garland doing this FX show now, which is great. I think it's fantastic. And they've got Noah Hawley doing Legion. I mean, but that's a, that's a big trifecta there. Like I haven't been like a huge fan of everything Ryan Murphy's done. Like I've maybe loved half of it. Um, you know, between all the different seasons of American Horror Story and, and all that, but 
Yeah, not all home runs. I agree. Yeah, yeah. But American Crime Story, that first OJ season was fantastic. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about Alex Garland's new FX TV show. It's called Devs, apparently, D-E-V-S. And he spoke to Collider a little about what the series is about. Um, and uh, he said, quote, it's about a particular aspect of technology at the moment, which is to do with very, very big data and very powerful processing power. And what can happen when you put those two things together? It's set in San Francisco, a sort of tech story. Uh, Garland then also revealed that the story is planned as a self-contained eight-episode season, though, quote, if X wanted to carry it on, I guess they could. So I don't know if he's saying, like, if they wanted to carry it on, they could, and they're going to do it without me. Or he's saying, like, hey, I'll come back and, and, and do a second season if I have a story for you. But um, I don't know. I, I guess it deals with technology, so I'm thinking, like, Black Mirror-ish a little bit, you know? So... Yeah, I mean, from Alex Garland, you got to imagine it's there's going to have to be some kind of some kind of twist there. Yeah, you know, some kind of technological terror of some kind. Joe, did you ever see Ex Machina? Not yet. Oh. I've heard that it's really damn good. Yeah, and it's just one of those things. That it just hasn't popped up to where I've watched it yet. Yeah, even though I'm pretty sure it's available on Amazon Prime Video. Got to watch it, man. I am. Uh, I am a uh, Alex Garland fanboy. It's kind of sickening. It's kind of sickening. It's kind of sickening. Yeah, like I, will, you definitely have to see it. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard nothing bad about it. I've heard I've heard a lot of people say that they think it's the like their favorite movie. I'm like, fuck, I gotta get to watching it. He was a writer just for like the longest time. He just was a, a writer, and um, it wasn't until Ex Machina. Ex Machina was his directorial debut. He's like he's 47 years old, Jake. Wow. So, yeah, he was writing for a long time before he did any of the. Uh, any of this TV stuff, so um, I don't know, man. It's I think he's phenomenal. Uh, have it's you guys, impressive to start so late in his yeah. life like that to do Sa- it. Yeah, same thing with like Tim Miller, the director for um, the first Deadpool film. He was like in his early fifties when he did Deadpool. That was like that was like it for him. Like if if Deadpool would have if that would have stunk, he would have been at the end of his career. Like that's it, he's finished. Like he's he's directing sci-fi movies until the end of time, right? Like he's, I'm talking like sci-fi the network. Like you know he's going to be doing like uh, shark shark puss or shark the croc movies where like you know sharks and crocodiles <laughs> are are one thing and they out killing people in the swamp and shit. So. Um, anyway, uh, have you guys heard about this uh, Netflix special coming out, uh, Darren Brown, The Push? I posted about it on our Facebook page. I don't know if you guys saw that or heard I about have, this. I have. It looks amazing. Oh. Okay. I, I, I've I talked about Darren Brown on the podcast before. Um, he's a mentalist, and he has made some crazy specials in the past. He's got a new one coming out called Darren Brown, The Push. He's more famous in the U.K., um, I don't think they ever have done a U.S. release for anything that he's done, as far as I know. But um, I was able to watch his stuff I, on YouTube, so it still might be there. I will, I've seen um, Apocalypse, Darren Brown Apocalypse, and basically, like he he convinces real people that something crazy has happened. Like it's it's kind of like a ramped up scare tactics. If you guys remember that show from Sci-Fi, um, oh yeah. That was hosted by Shannon Doherty and then Tracy Morgan. Um, but uh, have you guys seen the trailers for the new Tracy Morgan show coming out in TBS in April? I have not. Looks <laughs> fucking hilarious. Looks great. I cannot wait to see it. 
looks really good. I'm glad. I'm glad Morgan's doing something. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. Um, anyway, so yeah, in Apocalypse, Darren Brown convinced a guy that a meteor had hit the Earth and that it was that he was in the zombie apocalypse. So you can watch it. <laughs> it should still be on YouTube. I saw it on YouTube. Anyway, the push is about seeing if they can push one man to the point of murder. Um, the trailer is online. It's basically a guy being secretly filmed. Um, he's put in a situation where he is surrounded by actors and he has no clue that they are actors. He's the only one that's not in on this. He thinks these, these are real people. This is a real situation. The actors play out a carefully scripted storyline that is designed to lead this man into pushing a millionaire off the roof of a building to kill him. Um, so basically 70 actors are involved in this. The trailer is online. I recommend that you watch it or just watch the special when it's available to stream. Um, I'll be talking about it next week in good pop, bad pop. Um, there's a scene where you, where you hear an actor say to him, he's a millionaire. He's going to make you go to jail. And then you just see the guy like shaking his head, like in fear. And he's scared for like himself um, worried to go to jail and all these people are pushing him towards pushing this guy off of the roof to his death. Um, I'm going to start off and say like, number one, I think this is, I'm going to watch it, which is fucked up because I think this is morally wrong to do to this guy. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's super fucked up. It's yes. like Truman show to the next level. Yes. And what they said, like 60 to 70 actors, 70, to, 70. To, to, yeah. To convince this guy to uh-huh. potentially murder someone. Yeah. And then like what kind of freakazoid, signs the waiver after they trick you into doing this that's what i was thinking about too it's like okay check with a lot of zeros yeah see what happens how much would it take me to let them air that i'd be willing to kill someone if they tricked me enough to do it you know that's that's some fucked up shit i don't know how see i don't know how they did it here but like i think in apocalypse what what happened was they brought the guy that they had in Apocalypse was like an aspiring actor and they brought him in for auditions and they have, they brought in a ton of people. And what they're actually doing is like, he thinks that he's a, he's going for a role in a movie or a show or whatever, but they're actually seeing like which fucking idiot that they're going to have do this. And like throughout the process, he actually signs the documentation allowing them to use this. Wow. So. That's so sneaky. Yeah, you know, it really is. It immediately put me in mind of the Michael Douglas movie, The Game. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that's a great yeah. movie. That's a great movie, yeah. Um, this special is going to be on Netflix February 27th, so I'll be talking about it next week for Good Pop, Bad Pop anyway. So. The commercial made it seem like there was going to be multiple specials coming. Really? For, oh, yeah. about this or from Darren Brown? From Darren Brown. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Netflix is buying everybody, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So that's exciting. We talked about Netflix. Let's talk about the little slut called Amazon, right? Uh-huh. Amazon cannot. Dirty, dirty know, little slut. Dirty little slut can't keep your fucking legs closed, can you, Amazon? <laughs> little slut. Anyway, uh, this, uh, this is from an article on Deadline about something completely different, but this is the quote that I want to read from that article. Amazon made a mega deal for a Lord of the Rings TV series and is developing a slew of high-profile titles, including The Dark Tower, Wheel of Time, Ring World, Lazarus, and Snow Crash. So um, I know a lot of these titles have stuck out to you guys. Um, Jake, um, which ones really stuck out to you? 
Oh, Wheel of Time, of course. Yeah. I've clamored for them to adapt that on this podcast. I know you have, yeah. And and the Dark Tower, of course. Oh yeah, Dark Tower, Dark Tower. I I'm I'm still numb from the movie. Yeah, but like here's the Amazon TV series. So yeah, are, and, are you excited? And that could actually work because yeah. they book four is nothing but like a past story, like a prelude. So if they delve into that, that could work. What's I'm Ring- excited. What's Ringworld? Anybody know what that is? Uh, it's just another science fiction novel series. Mm. Is that everything like a ring? Like you go either like all, all people eat is like onion rings, or like <laughs> you know ring pops. Like oh man, shit! I got ringworms again. You know like what's Ringworld? Uh, I'm looking it up. Yeah, uh, Lazarus. Yeah, I've never read that one. Lazarus. Do you read Lazarus, Joe? No, I've heard it's really good though. Yes. Lazarus is fantastic. Joe Rucka book, comic book. It is great. I highly, highly recommend Lazarus. It's one of my favorite books. Um, thing is with Lazarus though recently is like they've, they've, they've branched off and they've had like, what is it? Like Lazarus X, Lazarus something. Um, they've branched off into other little books and it's like just, I wish they'd just keep it the main title because it's hard to add it to my pull list when they keep branching off into like different, like different titles of Lazarus books. So yeah, I know what you mean. You got to keep up on that stuff, otherwise you miss out. But Lazarus is really good. It's kind of like uh, Lazarus reminds me of the AMC show Into the Badlands, um, where you have different um, different groups that have like their clippers um, that that uh, battle for them. Um, in Lazarus, each each there's different families that fight each other. And they all have a different Lazarus. Uh, each family has a different Lazarus, um, and um, it's 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 a fascinating, awesome uh, comic book. And I want to see it adapted properly. So I'm hoping it's good. Did you look up Ringworld? Yeah, I'm reading a lot about it. I, yeah. It doesn't sound great. It's an artificial ring. Yeah, made into a planet. So, yeah, I've never read the series. It sounds really wild. It could be interesting. Hmm. Snow Crash. I don't know what the fuck that is. Anyway. They have have vehicles called flysicles. (laughs) 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 Which I I find quite funny. Uh, Hey, you know what? uh, Hey, Joe, did you read that comic book, Ice Cream Man? Yeah. Did you like that? That was great. Yes, I did. Okay, so uh, am I right? Like, we kind of talked about this. Ice cream man. Now, now I'm going back to good pop, bad pop. Um, ice cream. <laughs> is it supposed to be um, a uh, anthology? Each episode, each issue is going to be different, a different story. That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I like that first one. It reminded me of like reading like the old tales from the crypt comics. You know, when I was a yeah. kid. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I love it. how it was like interspersed with fun facts about yeah. what was going on. Also, yeah, I learned a lot about spiders as well. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's uh, let's jump into Marvel news this week. Marvel news. All right, guys. It looks like uh, X Force could start filming in October, according to Production Weekly. And, uh, of course, that movie's going to star Cable, uh, Josh Brolin, Deadpool's coming back. We got Domino. Um, and um, I, I don't know about you guys, but it's like it, 
are they going to be doing is Deadpool going to be Deadpool fourth wall breaking in this or since it's not a Deadpool movie we're just going to see Deadpool I mean you, do you, does that make sense I get where I get where you're coming from yeah. but I can't imagine I don't think if it's still Ryan Reynolds he's going to be fourth wall it's not going to be anything but but maybe it just won't be all that. It's hard to. I think it not would be smart. In, though, right? It would be smart to, at the beginning of the movie to have Deadpool kind of like sit us down. Like it'd be kind of funny to see like Deadpool sitting in like a, a like a like a, a library, you know, or not a library, like his own home, like his own home office or whatever. Um, like all wood with books behind him and, and saying, guys, this is not my movie. I just want to explain that to you. You know, like this is not this. So it's not, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. it, and then let it be an X-Force film. Because I don't, I don't want to, does it make sense? Like it, I don't want to just go into a fucking, um, X-Force film and it just feel like Deadpool 2.5. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's but an then it's, like, if it's, it's not ex- good. It's, then it's like, man, they should have had way more Deadpool. I know you can go that way, but I don't want to go into a dead. I, I don't want to go into a, what, a movie called X Force and for it just to feel like it's another Deadpool film. Like I save that for the Deadpool film. I can have Deadpool being funny in the movie, but I don't. I don't know. I, that's a tough call. I. I. I'm having a tough. I'm having a. Because I can see where you're going with this, Jake. Like the 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 easy thing to do, the money maker, man, is to just fucking, you know, give us that. But then then why call why call the movie X Force? Because it's nothing like it. Then at that point, yeah. At that, but then it, to me, it's like at that point, just don't have Deadpool even in it. I know, but they've already announced that. That's why I can't do. That's that's why I'm bringing this up. It's because they've already yeah. said that it's going to be basically a Deadpool cable team-up movie and like that's already announced i i so <laughs> i don't know man why, why, at that point it's basically deadpool 3 yes that's what i'm saying yeah it's ridiculous i don't yeah. know oh well, i mean yeah. it's ri- ridiculous if it sucks true, true i was just thinking like it could be like a really cool kind of like time travel action like they could they don't have to make it with the deadpool and all the jokes they could take they could basically you know how like what marvel's doing what Marvel's doing with um, all their films, like, okay, we had Thor, which was like a comedy with, you know, Taika Waititi, um, Black Panther, which is like, you know, we, we, we got introduced to uh, Wakanda and we got like this African element. Um, uh, and then we had, um, you know, Captain America, which was like the, uh, the, the Winter Soldier, which was like this political, you know, spy thriller. What they could do with X-Force is they could turn it into like, like take like those action movies like you know John Wick and throw that kind of like you know like like um like the Liam Neeson Taken movies or um like the John Wick films where it's like gung fu and then throw that kind of like action into like a science fiction time travel X-Men mutant movie like that's fucking cool that's different instead you're just throwing Deadpool in there and is it just going to be yuck yuck the whole fucking time? Like <laughs> Deadpool's talking about a dick and he's fucking a unicorn in another movie, or is it going to be an X Force film? I don't, I, I don't understand this. So I don't know. It is a weird creative decision. Yeah, yeah. And maybe just possibly a way for them to crank out a Deadpool Deadpool movie quicker too by having another studio basically right there ready to start filming again. You know, not studio but production team. You know. Yeah. 
I guess maybe they're saying like people will love the relationship between Deadpool and Cable so much in the Deadpool film that we'll do it again in the X-Force film. I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping to conclusions too. We don't know how they're, what angle they're going to go with in this one. So I guess we're, we're being very speculative as well. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird thing yes. though. Cause yeah, like I said, if it's a, a serious, you know, X-Force movie where they kind of ramp down the Deadpool factor right. and it's terrible, then we're, we're really going to be like, damn, right. they should have no, way more Deadpool that I up. I think Deadpool needs to make jokes in it, but I think like the whole fourth wall, fourth wall breaking shit needs to like, they shut that shit down. Right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, dude. Yeah. Or, and or just overall, have it like a couple spots or something like that. Yeah. And the overall plot should be a little bit less ridiculous, obviously, too, in an X-Force movie compared to a Deadpool movie. I think, you know? like, at the beginning of the movie, Deadpool can start to break the fourth wall, and then we can have voiceover of Josh Brolin's cables shutting that shit down. Like, hold on, this is my fucking movie. You're not going to be doing it, you know? And then from there on out, we've got, like, a legit movie we still have deadpool comedy in it but it's not fourth wall breaking it's not like he's talking to us and blah 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 so you're basically walt disney and you want to neuter deadpool is what i'm hearing oh fuck off (laughs) no i want it to be i want it to be rated fucking r i want to see i want to see bullets flying through people's heads and coming out the other end and blood on the screen i want to see blood hitting like the lens and shit i want i want it to be a legit rated r fucking film um, and I want, I do, if they're going to have Deadpool in it, I'll, I'll take the Deadpool jokes. I just don't need the, the fourth wall breaking stuff to, to, I feel like that's where it feels like a Deadpool film. Like if you take that out of it, it doesn't feel like it's like his movie. Right. If yeah. You, I agree with that. And that should be really easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Uh, let's talk about Black Panther again. I know we talked about it last week, uh, but Black Panther's four day global opening has beaten the Justice League's entire domestic opening. Wow. Yeah, that's absolutely hilarious. I know it's global <laughs> opening of Black Panther versus domestic opening of Justice League, but that's still incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially for a character like Black Panther compared to Justice League with, you know, the trifecta of heroes we've known our entire lives, you know, that have sold so much merchandise and yeah. you know who who would have ever thought this yep so it's crazy it's amazing go black panther black don't crack man i'm telling you it's amazing <laughs> oh. and it was amazing too i i think the the fact that the movie was so good is, yeah. is it was more than just you know and people going to see it because of black panther and what it stood for i think it the fact that the numbers show i think week two that it's because it was a good movie that it's doing so phenomenally well did you see what the yeah. drop off was? And I, had some, it was, I thought it was a record for least amount of drop off. I was reading. I think I read a headline saying that. Yeah, I'm tempted to go see it a fourth time. So there you go. Yeah, I think, dude, I, dude think, I wouldn't blame you. That movie was great. I think, I, I think I'm going to go see Jumanji again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see Jumanji again it's, when it comes out for home viewing. So with my bad movie experience. I got a yeah. I got a I got the movie pass, so I'm thinking about rocking Jumanji again tomorrow. So yeah, Jack Black and Kevin Hart just cracked me the fuck up in that movie. 
I don't know. Anyway, I'm still looking for it. Did you see the other movie they did together? I'm sure that's just on Netflix or HBO Go. Who, uh, um, uh, The Rock and, uh, Kevin Hart? Yeah. I yeah. loved it. Oh God. The, uh, the, the, what was it? The CIA movie? Central Intelligence. Oh, I loved yeah. it. I loved yeah, that it was, movie. It, it was, Rock was so funny in that. Oh, they're both hilarious. Oh, that movie was so good. Yeah, The Rock was great. Oh my God. He's really off character. I think that's one of the few movies where Rock just isn't playing the same yeah. character. And I'm not faulting the Rock. He no. does what they hire him to do. Yeah. But I uh, thought that was a great comedy premise for him to to do some different stuff. So funny. He was so funny in that movie. He really was. He was like, I don't know, childlike and is still admiring like Kevin Hart's character from like their high school years. It was really cool. Um, yeah, that was a hilarious movie. I want to talk about a theory that I read on Forbes uh, about Black Panther from our listener, Gus Hoontite. Thank you for sending this article to me, man. Anyway. Bless this, you. Yes, Gus Hoontite, bless you. Um, he go, Yeah, he goes by that. I know his real name. Yeah, anyway. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's a theory. It's not Gus Hoontite? No. Get out. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> see, it's a theory about Black Panther, and it deals with the Soul Stone. We did not see any Infinity Stones in Black Panther, but this theory deals with that movie and the Soul Stone. So I thought that this was very interesting. The theory is – I'm going to read this. This comes from Forbes. The theory is that the stone is buried somewhere under the garden of the heart-shaped flowers, which glow purple – and give the Black Panther his powers. It leaks into them, giving the drinker of the potion immense strength. But also part of that ceremony is that the Ascendant gets to communicate with the souls of their dead ancestors. That sounds pretty soul stone-ish to me. Uh, we also know from the Infinity War trailer that Wakanda is a big battleground. So it stands to reason that Thanos may be coming for that stone there, which probably fell to the earth inside the vibranium meteorite. What do you guys think about that theory? I like it. I like that they didn't, you know, do the Infinity Stone stuff in Black Panther and draw away from the Wakandan history and that we're just going to wait until the movie about the stone yeah. to deal with it there. I, I think that's a brilliant decision. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, it's definitely got credence. I could see that because, you know, from everything we've seen in these Infinity War trailers, there is a lot of stuff going on in Wakanda. And why? Yeah. It's a small country. It's, right. You know, I mean, they, it could be that it's hidden and so they're able to hide something there. But I like that thought that it could have been inside the vibranium uh, meteor. Yeah, the, the other theory is the, the, that they're protecting Vision, his stone in his head in Wakanda. Like, so they bring Vision there, they're protecting the stone in his head, and like, we've seen, though, in the trailer, um, I think it's Corvus Glaive that's on top of Vision, and he's plucking the stone out of his forehead. And I don't know, I have to watch that scene again, but maybe that scene takes place in Wakanda. I'm not sure, but, um, we'll, we'll find out when the movie comes out. I'm really looking forward to Infinity War. Um, Nate Moore, a producer on Black Panther, talked with Empire and said that a deleted scene that Ryan Coogler really liked but didn't feel like jived with the overall movie will be a part of the Blu-ray release. Quote, there is one scene in particular that I think everybody on the film probably is sad to see go that you will see in the bonus materials, which is a very, very powerful, very well-acted scene between Okoye and Wakabi. Uh, they played, um, uh, Okoye was, of course, Denai Guerrera Michonne from Walking Dead. And then Wakabi is Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Uh, he played, um, uh, the leader of, like, that rhino tribe. 
Um, anyway, so in the film, here's the quote, back to the quote. So in the film, it's more than hinted at that they are a couple, but there was a scene directly after Killmonger takes the throne where you hear both characters articulate their point of view as to why they should or shouldn't follow this guy. And it's one of the most well-acted scenes I've ever been a part of. Unfortunately, it occurred at a point in the movie where audiences just wanted to get to the resolution. And so it slowed down a part of the movie that we were afraid audiences were checking out. We also were afraid if we took it out, we were going to ruin the movie. So we didn't take it out for three or four screenings and we finally took it out. And I think Ryan and I were probably the last men on the beach saying, don't take it out, but let's try it. And boy, did it not affect and boy, did it not affect the viewing. In fact, I think it helped people enjoy the film more. Um, so, yeah, that'll be kind of cool. I, I I definitely feel like we needed... For me, I wanted to see a lot more of Okoye and Wakabi because it, it is it is hinted at in the, in the film that like she calls him my love and all that stuff like that. And, you know, it's it, they do bring that up and we, we do see moments of that in this film, um, especially like when the rhino's trying to like run her over and it stops and like licks her face and you got to remember like oh she's probably known this rhino for a long time because she's in a relationship with wakabi but um i think we could have i think it could i, I would have liked to seen a lot more of her relationship with wakabi in the film did you have you read um today i read a couple articles about how the original cut of this movie was four hours Whoa. that the um the composer actually scored a four-hour cut of Black Panther. I had not read that. And that potentially we could get that on the Blu-ray. Uh, here, this, These are quotes from the composer. He says, I remember the first director's cut was four hours long, but I already had a lot of material written and recorded, so I actually scored the four-hour cut of the film, which is really great in my opinion. Wow. Is there is there, music, is there music that's been left out then? Yeah, I, I, there's music for all the scenes yeah. that didn't make the movie. Has our like so any deleted scene has original music already scored. For well, that's it. what I'm thinking. It's like I would like to be able to hear that. I hope that they include that in the in the Blu-ray because I that's one of the things that I loved in this film is is the music. Not not only just the music, but like you know, not I mean, not only just like the costumes and things like that. Because the costumes and if this movie does not get like nominated for costumes and things like that that that's crazy because it was amazing but um i love the music the score is just phenomenal in this movie yeah it's uh ludwig goranson did ludwig, the score of this yeah, ludwig goranson yeah and it's there's some really cool stuff um in this article he talks about actually giving michael b jordan all the killmonger music before they even started filming oh, that wow. he sent he sent him Killmonger's theme to get him into the character, and did Michael you, B. said it, it did help him. Did you hear, like, I don't know, my, okay, Michael B. Jordan didn't, get, didn't go, like, 100% method for this role, but, like, he did seclude himself and separate himself from the rest of the cast to stay in character. Yeah, to not be all chummy-chummy uh -huh. with the other people yeah. and have any of that, their friends, like, chemistry yep. show off on film. That's good. You, ha I think you kind of have to do that. That's exactly what he did for this, man. He, like, really took it on. So, yeah, bravo to yeah, him. Man, I'm jealous, though, um, that Ludwig got to see this four-hour cut. I hope that's something that we're not just going to hear about that we'll actually, as fans, get to see, too. Oh, yeah, they, they better do that. I, and I hope it's not—oh, God, I hope that they don't do, like, a— 
and Marvel's not notorious for this, in my opinion. I think they're pretty good about this, where I don't want them to come out with, like, okay, here's Black Panther, and then, like, months later, like, okay, now here's your, you know, three-hour, four-hour edition, you know? Yeah, that was always a Fox move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of people are wanting, for Black Panther 2, they're wanting um, Namor as the villain. Have you guys heard about this? Like, a lot of people are clamoring for Namor. Huh. No, I I like the idea of it though. Got, Both their yeah. the stories are very similar. Well, it would be basically not only would it be Black Panther versus Namor, but it would be Atlantis versus Wakanda, which I think is I think which would be amazing. Now, Jake, do you know? And I I don't know if you know. And it always confuses me. I've done the research, but I know Universal for the longest time had the distribution rights to Namor. Is that? That would not be a problem here. Like, if Marvel owns the character, they can still put him in a Black Panther movie. But if, um, but if Marvel wanted to do a, a Namor film, then distribution rights are are they'd have to pay uh, to pay Universal. Yeah, that's so tricky right now. I think they can, but you're right. They have to pay like a basically like a stipend to make a Namor movie. Yeah, but this would not be a Namor movie. This would be Namor appearing in a Black Panther film. Yeah, just gotcha. like just like that's the Incredible a- Hulk. That, see, like yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like just like the scrolls and the way that's being dealt dealt with right now right. too. Honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I get it. And you're right with the Hulk. That's that's. Exactly the same Same workaround they're doing. Universal owns the distribution rights to the Hulk, so I think that that's the same thing that's worked out with the Namor deal. I think that Marvel has the rights to the character, but Universal has distribution rights. I don't know. If you guys can find the answers, any of our listeners out there, let me know. I don't care if you correction Tuesday me on this because I've tried to look it up and I can't get 100% on this and I hear a different story every time. So I think Namor showing up in an MCU movie would really excite me he's yeah. like one of the biggest legacy characters that hasn't gotten any movie love mm-hmm. yet and, if and he, that would just be crazy cool if he shows up i want it to either be in a fantastic four film or in a black panther film those are the two ways i want him to show up yeah so, yeah I'll, I'll co-sign that you know well the early days of namor he was always like you know trying to get with sue storm you know and that was oh like, yeah definitely his yeah. first appearance i believe is fantastic four number one or it's either one or two yeah yeah, very early on. All right, guys, let's. Uh, you guys ready to move into DC news? Never, yeah. but let's do it. All right, DC time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jake. DC time. DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina, and now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC news, you fucking pieces of shit. Start off with the big DC news this week. Joss Whedon has left Batgirl, according. To his statement to THR, he said, Batgirl is such an exciting project and Warner's DC such collaborative and supportive partners that it took me months to realize I really didn't have a story. I'm grateful to Jeff and Toby and everyone who was so welcoming when I arrived and so understanding when I, uh, is there a sexier word for failed? So basically, uh, Wheaton, the article goes on to say Wheaton came on to the Batgirl project in March 2017 with the high hopes of bringing to the big screen a companion to the female empowerment icon Wonder Woman. With this one tied to the most popular character in comics, Batman, 
Batgirl is Barbara Gordon, the daughter of Gotham City Police Commissioner James Gordon. But sources say Whedon, after a year of trying, could not crack the code of what a Batgirl movie should be. Wonder Woman, meanwhile, became a cultural phenomenon, as well as one of the biggest hits and most acclaimed movies of 2017. All right, guys, so Joss Whedon has left the Batgirl. Does, um, first off, um, I know that he was on Batgirl, but I felt like his relationship was D- with DC was a little bit more than this. I felt like he was kind of like brought on to be a little bit of a, a consultant as well. You know what I mean? Like, I'm with you. That's kind of why he was the yeah. placeholder for whatever happened with Justice League. Yeah, I don't know if he's like a script doctor for other films, but I felt like he was kind of like you know, you know, brought on to like help them a little bit. You know, uh, Jake. Is that relationship gone here from now? I mean, is that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not buying Whedon's statement. It sounds too. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Yeah, it sounds way too like manufactured, Uh and there's definitely behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about that's going on here. I mean, it could be a bunch of different things. There's a lot that we do know that went on back in August. His ex-wife came out and had this whole statement to the to the media about what a hypocrite feminist he is and oh yeah that's true you know she basically said that he is uh that he cheated on her throughout their marriage um he's a fake feminist um and all these things and um just 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 a just a horrible husband um and then Right after that news came out, like a, a fan site of his went down. So, I mean, do you think, I mean, I, that, that personal shit like there has to maybe be a big part of this, I would think. Yeah, it, it, it could potentially be that. Um, I don't know on whose end. I don't know if it caused him to want to step away from the limelight or if it caused Warner Brothers to want to tell him to step away from the limelight. Sure. Hard saying well, there. Well, no, it's – I don't know. Is it really hard saying? Like, like, let's look at history here. Like we're hearing for the longest time that Zack Snyder – you know, you know, uh, it's a horrible thing happened to his daughter. She commits suicide, so he leaves Justice League. He walks away, tries to stay on the project. Now we're hearing, now there's rumors. I'm not saying it's 100% concrete, but we're hearing rumors that he was actually fired from Justice League way before any of this kind of happened. And um, so, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Is, is it like DC catches wind of this and then like – you know, they wait for like Justice League to come out for the dust to step to settle, and, and because like literally like last week, I'm hearing like uh, you know DC is gung ho on making um, Flashpoint and Batgirl like their big prior- priorities, you know, and like now it looks like Batman Batgirl this project has kind of come to a halt. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I was really looking forward to this project, honestly. You know. Uh, Whedon hasn't really done anything amazing in a while, probably since, I guess, Avengers 1. Yeah. yeah. Joe. And, yeah, I was looking forward to this one, too. And anymore, DC and Warner Brothers over on the movie side, it's such a fucking shit show. I'm not even surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the, I'm a huge DC fan. Yeah. And it, 
it, it, I'm just so sick of hearing shit go sideways on it. It's like, would yeah. you just get your shit together and just release us good movies? Right. You got all these great stories you can draw from. You got characters that everybody around the fucking world knows who they are. How are you fucking this up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it kind of sucks if Warner Brothers are the ones that let him go because of the allegations, too. I mean, it's like, meanwhile, you've got super weirdos like Brian Singer with way worse allegations, like cranking out shit over at Fox. Yeah, well, he's done over there, right? I mean, they they didn't they didn't like um, he left like the Bohemian Rhapsody film. Oh yeah, that's right, that's yeah. right, yeah, that's right. So I guess it is the end of an era for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's I. Part of me thinks like either they let him go or the stuff with his ex wife has really affected him to the point where he's just having a hard time right now and he he can't write anything yeah. so. or maybe there is more dirt maybe the allegations you know yeah oh are yeah true and yeah. there's more dirt and he doesn't want to be in the limelight and have anything else come up that's true that's true and 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 he's maybe told warner brothers like hey you know they, they came to him like hey is anything else going to come out that we should know of yeah and maybe he didn't say there would maybe this the fail line it the fail yeah. lie is the lie that he told the studio just to avoid anything else happening with yeah. him in the public. I don't know. I mean, it, it, we, for all we know, his ex-wife could be like out of her mind, and you know what I mean. It's not the first time that uh, in a divorce things get heated and people say things that aren't true. You know, like after. Oh yeah, definitely. After, and after you know, and I'm not saying that that he is perfect. That he did not do these things. He very may well have. He very well could have done these things. I don't know. It's just I'm just saying that things get ugly in a divorce case. People say things that aren't true, <laughs> you know. So um, I'm not. I don't. I can't choose sides here until the you know until truth comes out. Um, Warner Brothers is apparently wanting a female director though for the project now, and um, I don't know, man. I, maybe Ava DuVernay. I don't know. Um, I think if they do hire Ava, they're probably going to want to see how that Wrinkle in Time does first with the. The Oprah film with Chris Pine and Zach Galifianakis and what's it, Mindy Kaling, she's in it too. That yeah, I think that looks pretty decent. I'm I, excited to see that. I'm going to go see that. It comes out like first weekend in March. I'm going to go see that one. Maybe, yeah, I don't looks know. Good. It looks like it has good special effects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can get um, Lady Bird's uh, Greta Gerwig. She might be a good choice. She did, um, that was a Saoirse Ronan's film. So maybe she could. You know, she worked really well with Saoirse Ronan, who's a young actress. Maybe she could work really well with a with a Batgirl story. I don't know. We'll see. Um, what's even weird about this story is that um, Fiona Zhang, um, who started um, a Zack Snyder website, she took to uh, she took to her Vero account to share photos of her genitalia, which is crazy. I whoa, yeah, I did. I, <laughs> It's no. just you and her, huh? It's me and her. We're just throwing up pictures of our junk online on Vero. God, the least you could two do is like each other's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pay it forward. I'm going to like her shit. Um, anyway, no, she took the Vero to show a tweet reporting on Whedon departing Batgirl, and her caption read, For today, the only bad news is these media slash press still think Whedon out was bad to DCEU. Um, and none other than, uh, none other than Zack Snyder liked this post that implies Joss Whedon's Batgirl exit was good news. So like this, 
know, it's, it's a lot to follow, but this, this, this fuels the rumors that Zach was fired weeks or months before we originally thought and that Whedon's film was an overhaul of his Justice League film. So, I don't know. Zack Snyder's been liking, he's not come out and said anything, but when people are posting certain things, he has been known the past few weeks to like certain posts. There was a post, somebody had something about, you know, they'd heard like, there was like a, there was a Zack Snyder cut that had a lot of different footage. Um, and he liked that post. We've also seen like that, the black suit scene, um, the original scene, um, was posted online of, of, uh, Superman and, uh, the black suit, um, Superman, which never made it into the film. So I don't know. This is pretty interesting. I don't know. There's a lot going on here that we, we are not privy to. They're, they're not telling us about. Yeah. I bet Zack Snyder will come out at one point. Mm-hmm. I bet within 10 years, Zack Snyder will give us the scoop. Yeah. I, I want to know. I really want to know. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of shakeup going on over at Warner Brothers though right now too, as far as like people in, um, head positions over there. Um, Rick Fumiawa, uh, the original Flashpoint director, the dope director who left over creative differences seems upset with Warner Brothers and he tweeted, he, he was one of the people tweeting about how, um, um, Black Panther in its, you know, four days, you know, globally destroyed Justice League, to, uh, Justice League's whole domestic take in the box office. Like he was one of those guys like tweeting that. Like there's definitely bad blood with these directors in DC and Warner Brothers, not DC itself, but Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I <laughs> Ooh, it's a bad situation that Warner Brothers is in, especially uh-huh. when they need to be making a lot of money from these superhero movies right now during yeah. the boom of this all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, I know, and nobody's coming out and saying anything like outright, but Zack Snyder's liking tweets. Um, Rick Fumiawa is just, you know, throwing it out there that, you know, Black Panther's destroying Justice League. There's, that's why, and that, that's why I think we're seeing a shakeup at the top too. We're seeing like people, new people in charge of the DCEU going forward. I think the old regime is not working out. I don't know. There's something's got to change over there. And, and what's crazy is like I'm reading today, like Henry Cavill is wanting to like, uh, re-sign, like redo his contract and come back and do more. It's like, why dude? I, <laughs> I, he's, he must have a real hard on for Superman, I, I guess. guess. I don't know. I don't know. Not, not the Superman guys. Like I think, I think it started off well and I think that they, they blew it after that, man. Anyway, um, this is real quick news. Joker standalone, uh, Joker standalone origin movie starts filming in May. This is happening, guys. It starts filming in May. Ha- has, uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix officially signed? I did not know that. I, That's crazy. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, just in case you guys forgot, this is a, uh, <laughs> I got a quick reminder here. Dolph Lundgren is in the, uh, new Aquaman film coming out this December. Do you guys remember that? Aquaman, uh, Dolph yeah. Lundgren? That's one of the best parts about it. Joe, did you not remember that? I did not remember that. 
<laughs> yeah, Dolph Lundgren was cast in this uh, Aquaman film. He's playing King Nereus in the film, and apparently he's going to be the father of Mira, and um, not who's he, who she's intended to marry, like in the comics. So his character's been shaken up a little bit. Here's his recent quotes with Las Vegas Review Journal about his character and the film. Quote, it is good to be king. Basically, I try to keep the peace down there along with Amber Heard, who plays my daughter. She's trying to convince me to join the right side. Then you have Nicole Kidman as Aquaman's mother. We're trying to avoid war between the surface dwellers and the people of Atlantis. So it's, uh, like I said, it's a character rewrite here. I'm guessing James Wan... It's smart. James Wan didn't want to have like this whole love triangle story going on when we've also got like Black Manta and Ocean Master who they're trying to start – their whole thing is they're trying to start like a war between Atlantis and the surface. So I think that that's kind of smart that there's also not this love triangle story going on at the same time. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. You don't need to have the forced romance in yes. every movie. Yes. Yeah. I – well, yeah, love triangle too. We don't need to go Twilight with this shit, right? <laughs> love Trident. Yeah. Is she gonna? Yeah, love Trident. Is she gonna pick? <laughs> is she gonna pick the wolf or the vampire in this one? You know, it's like fuck off. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. I'm Team Nereus. <laughs> Hashtag Team I was always team, team Jacob. Team Jacob. Jesus. Was he? Was I'm he? Team, he was never seen any of those. Oh man. I was uh, team, uh, my ex-wife made me watch the first two in theaters, uh, and then team, we got divorced, fuck those movies. So uh, Yeah, yeah, I've, I've kind of the same experience. I, I didn't have to get married, but yeah. my, I dated a girl who loved them, and I saw all of them in the theater, but the final one, and to this day, have still never seen it. See, I, I watched the first two, and then I haven't watched the... Watch the rest. I don't even give a fuck. I'm much happier now just taking pictures of my penis as a flower. So <laughs> life is good. Um, we all need to have a thing, so good for you. I have my thing, and I dress it up like a fucking tulip. So it's all good, man. I got I got <laughs> No, don't you dare call it a pansy. Yeah. Stop it. That's horrible. Pansy is a type of flower, people. Uh, let's see here. Um, where am I? Oh, Warner Brothers also held test screenings for Aquaman this week. And the news came from BatmanNews.com. So it's actually, uh, I think it's pretty reputable. Um, the news was positive. Uh, here's the quote. So far, two different sources told me they loved Aquaman. There's tons of action, but it's very, it's a very emotional movie as well. Um, Filming apparently ended in October, so not all of the effects were finished for the audiences. Um, and this also this also kind of gave them like an idea of what they needed to fix with the film. Um, but uh, I guess uh, that's good news. Um, I'm all the news that I've been hearing about the Aquaman movie. Um, you know, we've talked about some of the things that we've heard in the past. It's it sounds it sounds good. I, I I'm not saying that this is going to be a fantastic film, but I I have hope, I have more hope for this than I ever did Justice League. Um, I feel like James Wan is a competent director, and I agree. I agree with this. It's yeah. not been a total shit show right. as far as like a creative shuffle the whole time. Yes, and I mean I haven't been 100 percent impressed with Jason Momoa's acting in the past, but like I you know I'll be honest with you guys. Let's let's be honest with ourselves here. Okay. 
let me break this down for you. Chris Hemsworth, I love the guy. I think he's great. He's a fucking great Thor, right? But everything he's done outside of Thor is basically everything else Jason Momoa has ever fucking done, right? He was pretty great in Ghostbusters. He was like, uh, the best thing about that movie. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. And I, was, I wasn't a fan of Black Hat. I wasn't a fan of anything else he's really done. Um, the, the race car driver movie. Um, didn't really care for that one. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be comparing Chris Hemsworth to, to Jason Momoa. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe that's, maybe that's not a good thing. Yeah, I, I think Hemsworth has a. I, I see where, where you're going with it, mm-hmm. but I think Hemsworth has a little bit more range. Okay, yeah, I, don't know. I wouldn't say the leagues more. I, I said a little more. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, we're. I guess I, we're, we're splitting hairs here. I like your leagues Aquaman joke. Though. Yeah, you like that twenty thousand <laughs> leagues out of the sea. <laughs> anyway, um, Joe. I mean, what are you? You, do you care at all about this Aquaman movie? I mean, be honest, man. Okay, I like Jason Momoa in Justice League. Did uh, you? I enjoyed it. Going into it, I was, I was. <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't. It, no. it, it, um, in going into it, I, I didn't go in with the mindset of I hate this. Yeah. And so it made it easier for me to, to enjoy his character, but I, I really did. Mm. And from everything I've heard leading up to this James Wan Aquaman film, that's going to be, you know, like almost like a horror take on it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Cool. That's cool. I, uh, I hope it's good, man. I think, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I was kind of comparing him to Chris Hemsworth because like the, it feels like what they're doing with this film is like the Thor approach when Marvel got Hemsworth. Hemsworth was a nobody when Marvel got him. Like nobody had heard of this Australian actor. Nobody. And, um, so what did they do? They surrounded him with great actors. Natalie Portman, um, you know, Anthony Hopkins and, um, let's make a movie. Boom. Here we go. And that's what they're doing here with Jason Momoa. He's little, Jason Momoa is a little bit more established, but you know, we've got, um, um, Nicole Kidman in this movie. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Willem Dafoe is in this film. You know, of course, they got Dolph Lundgren. Not saying he's a great actor, but he's a name. And um, so we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's good. Chris McKay, the director for the new Nightwing film. If it ever gets made, we don't know. And he was actually quoted this week saying, "I will not. Li- they will have to. Uh, they will have to fire me from Nightwing." They will have to, so basically it's not going to be like one of these, like, uh, Chris McKay has left over creative differences. He's basically said, like, if I, if, if I'm, if I'm not on Nightwing, they're going to have to fire me, kicking and dragging my feet. Yeah, they, they are capable of doing that. And they, yes, they are. Um, <laughs> I don't know, between Warner Brothers and, and, uh, Lucasfilm. <laughs> I don't know. This just in, uh, Screen Rant says Chris McKay has been dragged out of his office. <laughs> Good night, Wing. Um, let's yeah. see. Here. <laughs> oh, that was a bad one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I should quit this show. Oh shit. Um anyway, um whatever the cost whatever costume they're gonna go with. Um oh yeah, here here we go. I'm sorry, I'm re- I'm reading ahead. Um Chris McKay, he was uh, tweeted by a fan who said 
quote, whatever costume they come that they uh, they keep or go with. Can we all agree that white eyes or lenses need to be a staple going forward with a live action bat family? Please make it happen. To which uh, Chris McKay responded, agreed. So I I love this. I, I, I love the white eyes look on Nightwing. And I think, you know, I think that this, this, you know, Twitter fan and, you know, Chris, I think they're onto something here that like, I think they need to do it with Batman in the future too. I mean, because almost every version of Batman in the comics has, you know, white lenses in the suit. You don't see his eyeballs as pupil. <laughs> it's white eyes. That's Batman in the comic. Google it if you don't fucking believe it. You don't see his pupils and his, oh, there's his brown eyes or blue eyes or whatever. And like, yeah. Batman be I agree. That's one part they got right with the character design in the, in the Snyder stuff is. No. And wow, a whole, a whole group of them. He only had, amazing. he only had the, um, in Batman v Superman, he had the glowing white eyes in the armor in that one suit and that's it. Every other oh, time, just, yeah. yes, that's it. You, he only had the glowing white eyes in the armor suit. Every other suit that he had in the Snyder films, you saw his eyes. So I would love to see white lens live action Batman in just a regular suit. And like Deadpool, Deadpool did it with the white eyes. It looked great. And yep. Todd McFarlane, when he does his Spawn movie, better have lime green eyes in that fucking movie or I'm going to be pissed off. So. I just I think that that needs to be kind of like a thing for some of these characters, these iconic characters. And I don't think it's just a nod to like comic book fans. I just think it looks fucking better. So, yeah, I agree. It's it's I think it's one of those things where like the the actor's ego gets in the way sometimes with that kind of decision too, right? They're like, uh-huh. uh, you know, we want to have, have my eyes be seen on camera and be part of it, you know? That's what I love about Ryan Reynolds, putting that shit aside, you know? Mm-hmm. And we even got to see that in Deadpool. The, in one of the early iterations of his costume, he didn't have the white lenses in yet, and it looked pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it looks way better with the white lens. Like even Spider-Man, like with the animated kind of like white lens eyes where they move and stuff like that. That that was first brought into um, Civil War, Captain America Civil War, and it looked great. So Yeah. Remember the original like Spider-Man TV show where it was just like it, – it wasn't even as good as it was in like the Raimi stuff. It was just like a netting almost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that TV show is terrible. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, uh, let's take a quick break, come back and do Star Wars news. Alright, cool. cool. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here, too, one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day, you two will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled-faced fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. 
it doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back, and we are back for Star Wars news. What am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible. Yeah, I had to take a break there, you know, because after that good Nightwing joke, I, I had to like slap my face and punch myself and <laughs> dump one of those Stellas on your face, right? Yeah, you're better than this. I had punched myself, and then I was like looking in the mirror, saying, "You're stupid," and I was spitting at the mirror and shit. Like, no, but you, you're not. You, are you better than this? And then, no, you're not. And I had to, this whole Gollum conversation and shit. You know, it's fucking weird. Like, Whoa, I would have liked to have seen that. Dude, it was fucked up, man. <laughs> it, was, it was like the good me and the evil me that was like belittling me. It was fucking crazy, dude. That shit went on for a while, so I had to do that. But I'm back now, and I'm all good. Anyway. Um, let's see here. Star Wars Episode Nine has a script, and it's going to hopefully start filming in July. So J.J. Abrams has uh, finished a script, guys. That's exciting. So, and it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of scary too. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, I got this news from Screen Rant. Uh, Yak Face Forums discovered a number of new patent registrations. I think this is the first time we've ever, I've ever said Yak Face Forums on the podcast before, guys. Yak Face. <laughs> I think that's one of my a, favorite Star Wars characters. That's a, it's a new one. Yeah, it, it was, there's a Snaggletooth. It's not a new character. Snaggletooth and Yak Face. Yeah, Yak Face. Yeah. Yak Face Forums discovered a, uh, number of new patent Register? No, I'm saying a new one that I've I've never said it on the podcast before. Yakface forums. Yeah, we've said Constable Zuvio more than Yakface. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, Yakface is actually in the goddamn movie. Yakface could either be a character or like someone puking on your face, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a bad time. <laughs> yes, not, not a good. Unless you're into that thing. I mean, I know there are people that have those fetishes, right? Yeah, the puking fetish, that's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel bad for people with messy fetishes. Don't they call that the, uh, they call that vomitorium, right? That's the official do they? word. Yeah. Oh, I think they do. <laughs> I almost yeah. said, I think we that, do. <laughs> it, a vomitorium is actually an architectural term. People think that it's a room that like Romans would go in and barf in, but it's, it's, that's a misnomer. Ah, yeah, listen yeah. to listen to our uh, fucking buzz killing our, pin, sorry. No, our, dropping the knowledge. Listen to our scholar over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. You know what? You know what? I'll talk about it next week. You know what show we didn't talk about this week, Joe? What's that? The Mortified Guide. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel awful. <laughs> Are you mortified? Wow. <laughs> oh, 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 man. That the joke's so nice, we said it twice. Oh, oh, God. Now, I'm, can we take another pause? I'm going to go punch myself in the face. <laughs> think of that. Joe's turn to slap ourselves. 
Um, I got this news. Yeah, this news came from Screen Rat. Anyway, Yakface Forums discovered a number of new patent registrations Lucasfilm recently filed regarding a project titled Star Wars Resistance. Uh, you can see the full filings on the site, but the four listed details, toys, clothes, accessories, audiobooks, various digital media and video and mobile games. There's no indication what the project is, but the scope of the merchandise suggests a major piece of media or an overarching campaign. All right. So that's all the news that we have for now. So basically, um, it looks like uh, Lucasfilm has been gobbling up these uh, patent registrations for Star Wars Resistance. If I'm th- if my guess is going to be that this is going to be the new animated show that's going to take over for Star Wars Rebels once that ends and that it's going to deal with the resistance. This is going to be closer to the time of like Ray, Finn and Poe. Um, and uh, I don't know where exactly it will take place, but it'll take place when they're when they're calling it the resistance. So, yeah, it seems like the perfect follow up name for a Star Wars anime animated show after Rebels, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, totally. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the Netflix live action show. No, it's not, too generic. Of not a name. Net, I said Netflix. I, I mean Disney streaming. I don't think it'll Swiss be cheese. I don't. Yes, yeah, Swiss cheese. It's going to be Disney stream. You're out of your mind. They already said. <laughs> they already said that there's going to be no R-rated content on the network. So yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Um, wow. So I don't know. What do you guys are you, Star Wars Resistance? Are you excited for it, Jake? If if, if that's what it is, in fact, uh, is a yeah. Uh... I'm I'm excited for a cartoon set in the Star Wars universe of the new movies. I've been kind of waiting for that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. All new characters. Is that where they're going to deal with here? I mean, the characters within. I mean, is it going to take mostly new characters? Yeah. Is it going to take? I see. It's. Is it going to take place before the? I want to know when it takes place because, like, it can't be like after the Last Jedi because, like, spoilers, guys. Like, there's like ten people left in the Resistance. <laughs> yeah, but they've got all that time in between um, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens to milk. Yeah, I think that's where we're going probably with the next animated series. Okay, all right, that would be I'm my w- guess. I'm wondering if there's going to be a time skip in between Last Jedi and this next movie. And this cartoon will be able to fill in some of the resistance I building like back up. I like that. That's that actually makes sense. I, I, I'm leaning towards that. I am 100. percent I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it seems pretty likely. The way yes. that Last Jedi finished uh-huh. off, it, it felt like okay, this isn't going to be uh, this next movie is going to take place immediately after there's right. going to have to be a little bit of time and there's going to be some setup the yeah. crawl will obviously fill us in on it but uh-huh. the, uh, an animated series would be great and especially after how well rebels is done so yeah i dude i uh that that that's that's good that's good i like that i'm going with that i don't i don't think i could, because it's it did it did feel like we could, I don't know how far they're going to jump forward, but, um, you know, it really did set it up to where like, there's other people that are going to be force sensitive. Who knows by the time we come back, like, I'm not saying like Ray's going to have her own school of Jedi, but I don't know if she's not, I, I can't say that she won't. Um, but, um, Hey, can I get a quick break? <laughs> that's, that's what you're known for. Um, we'll be right back. All right. Yeah, we are back. Um, 
that's all I had to really say, I guess, about that. Did you guys have anything more to say about the Star Wars Resistance? No, excited to find out where, you know, when we actually will find out when the timeline is. Yeah. Yep. Have you guys seen the uh, prototype uh, from Hasbro of the largest Star Wars toy ever? No, is it the Jabba Sail Barge? Yes, it is the Jabba Sail Barge. Um, that I have. <laughs> the prototype of the Sail Barge was on display at the 2018 New York Toy Fair. Uh, it's being offered as part of the HasLab initiative. It's on HasbroLab.com. Hasbro will only make this model if they can get 5,000 backers to pre-order it for $499.99. Um, they are, they are crowdfunding, basically crowdfunding a production um, as uh, as a way of testing the internet in oversized Star Wars merchandise. Um, last I checked, it had 1,898 backers um, have supported the project. Uh, you have until April 3rd to pre-order. So, I don't know. Uh, like Are you going to do it? Oh, fuck no. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's four foot long. It's four, I, I, What the fuck am I going to do with a four foot long sail barge in my house other than like <laughs> never get laid again? Like, <laughs> oh man, does it, is it, does it come with figures? That's what I was wondering. If like 500 bucks, they better populate the whole goddamn barge. I, it comes – hold on. Okay, here we go. Measuring approximately four foot long, this vast – it comes – yeah, it comes with a Jabba. This uh, vast vehicle is a dream item. This is what it says on the website. Measuring approximately four foot long, this vast vehicle is a dream item for any Star Wars collection designed to captivate and inspire. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. What Inspire happened? you to spend 500 bucks on a yeah, fucking should, Black Series toy. Yeah. Uh, the Vintage Collection Java Sale. That's, come on, I hate fucking corporate talk like that. Designed to captivate and inspire. Uh, it's desi- yeah, that's a funny sentence. It's designed to show your friends and family and prospective uh, female friends that you are shit with your finances. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like you haven't paid off your car yet you can buy a four foot long sail barge. <laughs> well, I mean, there's hot toys that are way more expensive than that. I know. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. The, the, I guess these Funko pop fans are onto something. Um, fucking, yeah, we only spent 12 bucks. Yeah. Max it's still stupid. It's still <laughs> fucking idiotic. Um, let's see here. I, I like I lo- no I love like collecting and stuff like that is great but I uh, this is a little this is a little fucking crazy like if you if you're a Star Wars fan completionist or something like that that I don't know this is fucking crazy a four foot long, yeah you've got every Black Series figure yeah. and now they're gonna hit you with this fucking shit oh, oh man well these are these are actually these are sized for like the three point seven five inch scale figures so. Um, here we go. The, um, the vintage collection Jabba's Sail Barge features exquisitely detailed fan accessible decks that complement the 3.75 inch figures. Not included. Allowing fans and collectors to recreate intense battles in the Star Wars saga. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm so sure. 
like, you know, like you're gonna buy this for your fucking six year old, and like what? Yeah. Like like what? Like is this, is your fucking kid gonna be pushing this shit around your fucking house? <laughs> like. Barbie's getting married on that motherfucker. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, seriously, the the kid better. That's your wedding gift, asshole. Like for the rest of your life, it's ridiculous. Five hundred bucks. Anyway, it's it's removable side panels that also offer a unique opportunity to pose and set up incredible dioramas, complete with premium deco, vintage packaging, and soft cloth sales. This dream product offers Star Wars devotees the quality and realism they know and love. Included with the vehicle is Jabba the Hut. Um, it. Honestly, they should give you like the real job of the hut for five hundred dollars. Like you should have yeah, right? a like, living like the actual slug. latex suit that you can put like five of your friends in. No, they need to in a lab <laughs> create a living slug to live in your fucking home. <laughs> <laughs> that will um this is ridiculous. I don't know. It's cool, it's cool, man. It is cool. Like I but you know, unless you have a home that's that's equipped to handle a four foot long sail barge. I don't know. Even then, it's ridiculous. I would feel embarrassed to like have somebody come into my home and like, hey, you want to go into my sail barge room? Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, come yeah, it on. Definitely would be the spotlight of whatever room you put it in. You're right about that. Yeah, but that's ridiculous. I'd be embarrassed. Like, no, come on. Like, I know collecting's cool, guys. Like, I know having like some of the stuff in like in your collection is cool. But like, seriously, think about this. I really want you to think about this. You're literally taking someone into a room that has a gigantic sail barge in it. Like, you have yeah. one room de- dedicated to this. <laughs> that's fucking ridiculous. I don't care. I don't care uh, and i don't I, and i'm a fan of this shit like i love star wars i collect star wars toys like i have a few i don't have a ton but this is fucking ridiculous <laughs> you got this piece that's the size of a golden retriever right it's like and, and hey, like ooh, i mean how many people can you really have a conversation with about right that? No, I mean, because it is cool it's cool but, but yeah like but people are gonna to be like what is audience? wrong with you and how oh, how much did you spend on this 500 are you, what and, it's, <laughs> and you got a whole room it's a whole room you're dedicating this to like like unless you can like flip the fucking thing upside down and play ping pong on the goddamn thing throw up a net on it this is stupid like come on like that's four foot long Oh my god. Seriously. Ugh, I don't know. Whatever. It's fucking weird. Um <laughs> eh, didn't go. Didn't, I'm sure this didn't go the way our listeners thought it would go. They were oh, it's cool. Wow, that's cool. No, it's not practical, asshole. Like you can talk about how cool it is all fucking day. It's cool in some other Jack and Innie's fucking house. Not my house. I can't have it in my fucking room. Jesus, that's ridiculous. So you don't you don't even want it as a gift. Fuck no. Jake, that's bullshit. That's like somebody that's like fucking Easter, some asshole handing you a bunny rabbit that you got to take care of uh, that's a good point you know what that's i mean jake it's a fucking ru- it's gonna take up a whole fucking room it's four foot long like what am i gonna do is it gonna double as a goddamn fucking like uh kitchen table for me can i can i can i can i, can I serve thanksgiving dinner on it no it's gonna take up space like space is valuable in your home it's like crazy. I mean, I don't have the room for this. It's ridiculous. It's rid- it's not practical. <laughs> I don't know what they're. Th- I hope they don't hit their goal. 
Jesus, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's come on. They we can, will though. We can talk about how cool it is, but it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Donald Glover talked with Entertainment Tonight about uh, the solo film while doing press for Atlanta season two, uh, which is hitting TV on March first, and he said. I think that Jabba sale barge is ridiculous. I'm a fucking millionaire and I wouldn't put that shit in my, no, he didn't say that. Um, he goes, I think it's just a lot more fun. All the Star Wars movies are really fun, but I think this movie, we know what's going to happen. We know they're not going to die, you know? We know kind of what happens, but how we got there, I guess, is the crux of it. So we're allowed to have a lot more fun than I think the other movies where you have to deal with a lot of the lineage. And what's going to happen. I think this movie is like just a fun summer film. I'm really excited about it. It's really cool. So, of course, we can take away the fact that like he stars in the fucking movie and he's not going to say, oh, yeah, this movie's a pile of shit. It's like having it's like having a sail barge take up half of your fucking bedroom. Um, <laughs> he's going to say positive things about it. But I think he's on to something here where it's like it's fun. I think it is going to be fun. The trailer looked fun. So, yeah. All right, guys. I, I love. Yeah, I'm full, I'm full of conversation <laughs> for you on that one. I love the, yeah, the participation. So, oh, uh, man, I was like, God, I hope Joe's got something here. <laughs> like everything he said is kind of like, yeah. <laughs> That's right, right, Mr. Glover. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Into, you guys ready to move on into emails? Yes. I don't even know if I have an email bumper pulled up. We haven't read emails in so long. Do I have one? Oh, man. Oh, here it is. It's awesome that I don't have to hear the one that puts me to sleep now. Here we go. Emails. Mail. Leftovers of the universe. Mail. Pop culture leftovers. All right, emails. Uh, this uh, first email comes from Jacob Forbes, and um, it's titled Greatness Comes in Different Forms. And he goes on to say, I want to start off by saying I'm not one that usually feels the need to comment or say much unless it's warranted. But I wanted to tell you all how much greatness you guys, as well as the Army, generate on a daily basis. The past four months have been a dark time in my life with multiple deaths in my family, including my father, as well as other horrible things happening in my life. This community and podcast have been a beacon in this time and have helped me get through this darkness. I don't want to take up more of your time with my complaining or other horribly depressing topics. So I'll just finish by saying that you guys in this community of listeners are the most honest, real, and amazing individuals that deserves to be recognized daily. And that comes from Jacob Forbes. That's great. I mean, that's that's almost like an iTunes review. That's a, that's a nice email. Wow. He, he like robbed us of a five-star there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, thank you, Jacob. I'm glad that uh, that we can be there for you. Um, yeah, we're taking up more of his life than a sail barge would take up. And I, I can't get over this fucking four foot long toy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Part of me thinks that Jake would want this thing. That's what the scary part is. It's like Jake is like right now trying to find a place in his in his apartment to where he could f- fucking fit this thing. Right? 
Like you would throw, Me? you would, yeah, you would throw a mattress on this thing and sleep on it if you could, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I have no interest in it. I don't, I'm kind of a completist when it comes to stuff. So yeah. because I really haven't bought any Black Series stuff, I have, I have no interest. Oh, it's, it's not Black Series. Like, Black Series is a six inch figures. These are for the 3.75 inch. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not Black Series. Oh, that makes me kind of want it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got a shit ton of those. Five, yeah, five, <laughs> fucking four foot long. Crap. He's going to take the panels off. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle's going to come home and he's in the living room sitting crisscross no, applesauce. Michelle, I'm sorry. Oh, you're going to have to different you, voices that thing, that thing would end up being a pinky bed. Michelle, you're going you're gonna to have to move out. I got my sail barge. <laughs> got to find a new place to live. Got the sail barge. Sail barge is the new roommate. Anyway, got a uh, got a new. There's an old one here from Nardicor Nardi. Hey guys, what is your list for uh, 2017 best or worst superhero films? I don't know. We we already we did a uh, episode called the uh, the Tupperwares where we talked about that shit. But he also goes on to say, what is your 2018 list for most anticipated to least superhero films? 2018 so uh his list is deadpool 2 this is so it goes from most anticipated to least deadpool 2 black panther infinity war new mutants aquaman dark phoenix venom then ant-man and wasp what would you say joe what's your uh most anticipated to least um well just going from this point forward infinity war is my most anticipated yeah um um least would definitely be dark phoenix Dark Phoenix. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm going to mirror or echo Joe here. My most anticipated at this point is Infinity War. My least is more of this X-Men crap. Why Why didn't you go with Mirror? But you felt like this was more of an echo? Yeah, I think it is more of an echo. It's the, is it, does it mirror mean you do it in reverse if you mirror something? No, mirror is like you're looking in a mirror, you see the same thing, right? I'm going to mirror yeah, that. But like, if you look at your shirt in the mirror, it's backwards, right? So wouldn't I? <laughs> if you mirror something. I don't know it how It all depends on if you're looking at something that is symmetrical or asymmetrical. Yeah, but, no. yeah. I don't know. Mirror something is like the same thing, right? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I My brain got confused there. I was like, I don't know if that's right. So I'm switching to Echo. I'm good with that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to Echo what you get. No, fuck it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see here. My uh, my most anticipated probably gonna, it's going to be Infinity War, man. It's been ten years leading up to this film. Like, well, how can it not be Infinity War? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, my least everything builds up to it. Yeah, my least is Dark Phoenix. Least is Dark Phoenix. I I would place Venom way higher though for me. I don't know. There's something about this Venom movie that uh, that I'm intrigued about. I would put it a lot higher than uh, Nardacore Nardi did. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think we're all on the same page when it comes to our least and, and, uh, most anticipated. Uh, we got a, let's see here. We got an email here from Donovan. Donovan says, Hey guys, I hope all is well. What if it wasn't Donovan? Like, is there anything like, what, what could you really do for us right now? You know? Donovan. I was like, is he mad about Saffron? Is <laughs> Saffron mad about him? Sorry. <laughs> Donovan, Donovan. Donovan goes on to say, quick rating slash opinion. I Tupperware Black Panther, even though I feel like Eric's send-off line was a bit of a cop-out. 
Also, holy shit, Denai Guerrero's nipples almost made me spit out my drink. If anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's when she gets Wakabi, Daniel Kaluuya's character, to surrender. So apparently, I gotta go back and watch this. He's like, holy shit, almost spit out his drink because of Denai Guerrero's nipples. <laughs> Wow. I'm so glad we're reading emails. <laughs> I love this email. I'm a big fan of this one. I want to hear more from Donovan. Like, like I don't know. Now I got to watch that scene, right? You guys remember me talking about seeing Black Panther for the fourth time? That's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Make sure you go to IMAX for that. Oh, definitely. I gotta see, uh, I gotta see Nip City and IMAX. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Ah, anyway, got an email here. <laughs> <laughs> got an email. <laughs> it comes from, uh, Jakari, who, uh, your name sounds like a, like a wine cooler, sir. Anyway, uh, it's, uh, it's subject is a fruit veil. And it says, hi, Brian, and left, doesn't, doesn't Jakari sound like a, like a wine cooler, guys? A Jakari? Yeah. Yeah, Jakari spritzer. Jakari, <laughs> Jakari wine cooler, you know? You got the, oh, uh, you know, so what do you like? You know, like, this is a big debate. Like, do you like, are you a Bacardi guy or are you like a Jakari guy? And you're like, neither, cause I, that's some pussy ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Like Cologne in the nineties? What's up? Wasn't that like a cologne in the 90s? No, you're thinking of Jakar. You're thinking of Jakar Noir. (laughs) Right? It was like right back with Z Cavaricis. Z Cavaricis, man. I had had the shirts. I had the pants. (laughs) That And bum equipment. You remember bum equipment? Yeah. I was rocking the bum equipment, too. Mm. Bum equipment. Yeah. Anyway, Jakari, uh, I still think it sounds like a wine cooler to me. Uh, anyway, he goes, hi, Brian and the leftovers. So apparently he doesn't know who the leftovers are. And it's, it's like, it's like Huey Lewis in the news of this guy. Yeah. You're Tom Petty. I'm the heartbreaker. <laughs> yeah, you are. Josie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't even need me. You can do successful solo stuff without me if you're Tom Petty. <laughs> exactly. Josie and the pussycats. We don't need you. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's like I'm gonna go do, I'm gonna do my own thing. Um, just wanted to point out Fruitvale Station is based on a true story. Uh, this is the, uh, Ryan Coogler film that came out a few years ago with, uh, Michael B. Jordan. It's set in Oakland. Anyway, he goes on to say, it just wants to point out it's based on a true story. Knowing this tidbit may help paint a better picture of why Coogler picked Killmonger's motivations and why it's important to him. Um, also the line about being a kid from Oakland, dreaming of a fantasy land was so meta and so good. So that came from Jakari. So, yeah, that's cool. I, I might have known that at one time, but totally forgot. But uh, I need to watch Fruitvale Station again. It, it's such a good movie. It's really, really good. Um, let's see here. Yeah, email. We're, I'm sucking at emails this week. Oh, yeah. I see why we haven't been doing them lately. Is it really my fault or is it the quality of the emails? Uh, I think it's like... 80, 20, 80s, the emails. All right. Uh, this next one comes from, uh, so I'm the 20? Yeah. Wow, fuck you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this next one comes from Chris B. 
Good day, guys. So apparently he's from Australia. What the fuck? Good day. Good day, guys. <laughs> Hope all is well with you. I'm here fucking a koala in the ass. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Chris. Uh, hope all is good with you. That's the second time somebody's hoped all is good with us. What if it wasn't? Nah, we wouldn't tell. What we, can you we'd do? fake it till we made it. Hope all is good with you guys. Hope you haven't blown $499 on a sale barge. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gift. I hope you guys are being fiscally responsible and buying fucking <laughs> shit for your children and maybe taking care of the mortgage and spending, instead of spending $499 on a goddamn toy. Anyway, um, sorry, I went off there. Uh, hope all is good with you. I'm happy to hear you're uh, finally going to start reading emails again. But anyways, here's my question. In uh, the being of the Black Panther uh, movie, it's been a week since the events of Civil War, right? Oh man, this is good. I thought about this this week, Chris, before I read your email. I, I know, I knew where you were going with this as I was reading it because I, I also, I also picked up on this after we recorded the episode. Um, and the black, okay, he goes on to say, Black Panther movie, it's been a week since the events of Civil War, right? Yes, you are 100% right. Meaning T'Challa hasn't been home yet considering his mother, his mother's and nation's reaction. This point is further proven with the five tribes meeting up and saying we accept him as king. Well, four tribes saying yes. Then DMX shows up barking and eventually yields. Sorry, it's long, but stay with me, guys. Skip forward to when Agent Ross gets shot in the back. When he is brought back to Wakanda, his sister Shuri left, uh, left the, uh, takes the blanket uh, over his face and says, oh, another broken white boy. I took that as a reference to Bucky. So my question is, did I miss something here? To when the hell they brought him to Wakanda, or was this a mistake on Marvel and Marvel's end of the and the script? I, I t- and I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna break this down a little bit more for you guys. So basically, the, the movie starts off, and you hear like a uh, a news correspondent say uh, talk about T'Chaka dying at that summit. And how it was a week earlier. She says, a week earlier and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, it's a week later since that event at the beginning of the film. The Marvel comic, the prelude comic that came out leading up to Black Panther reveals that Tony Stark and – no, it was uh, Captain America. Steve Rogers waited three weeks to take Bucky to Wakanda before – before Wakanda got a look at him. But then in the movie, Shuri makes the statement of, oh, you brought me another broken white boy. Yeah, I took that as Bucky too. I did. I took it as Bucky as well. So if yeah. it, if it's Bucky, then yes, this does the comics and the timeline is a little screwed up here. So. Yeah, because when Shuri said that line in the movie, I had that thought and I was like, wait a minute, Bucky's not supposed to be there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this email goes on to say, if, if I'm wrong, oops, and I'll ban myself for a month. Thank you, guys. Keep up the good. <laughs> oh, he goes, thanks, guys, and keep up the okay work. <laughs> I like that. No, I like it. I like, I like that. It. But he goes, I'm fucking with you. Love you guys. No, you should have kept it there. Okay work. I love that. Uh, and then he goes he on. lost his balls lost, at the end. Yeah. No, grab your nuts. Let us let us know we suck. Um, uh, the people's fucking podcast forever is what he says. But yeah, um I definitely, I, if, if she, if she meant Bucky, 
She's definitely, this is definitely a problem in the timeline. It's nothing that's going to make me like change my mind on how, on how amazing the film was. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a mistake. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe the four hour cut has something to do with this. Maybe once everything got narrowed down to the, you know, what they finally got, it kind of shifted the, the order and a little bit of the continuity to yeah. get it to make sense as well. Did you guys see like Mar? I guess Marvel released like the official timeline of like when these things take place. Um, and um, Spider-Man: Homecoming takes place. It does like just like the movie says. The Spider-Man: Homecoming takes place eight years after the events of uh, of Avengers, so it takes place in 2020. Wow! Which which That's interesting. Which okay, so what year does Infinity War take place in? Because if Infinity takes place, because like I've heard people speculate that it takes place in 2019. Now, if it takes place in 2019 and Infinity and Spider-Man: Homecoming takes place in 2020, that means that we know that Iron Man's fine, Cap's fine, Spidey's fine, because nobody's crying for Cap when they show him in. Uh, yeah, that that makes no sense, right? Especially with the new technology that we see spider-man already have in the trailers like it has to if homecoming takes place in 2020 war still has to uh, take place after right i know that i i, I it better it, it fucking better so yeah it's got that's to take, crazy yeah it's got to be at least 2021 so right or at least later on in the year in 2020 like, yeah uh next email comes from marla dill uh titled stay strong brian uh hello Le- this is an old one hello leftovers by the way it's pronounced marla dill thank you marla dill uh jake and eric uh before cementing your opinion on an amazon lord of the rings series please skim through tolkien's baron and luthien or children of huron both are short stories taken from the silmarillion and are in my opinion a tupperware especially if you're a fucked up game of thrones fan who enjoys incest hugs P.S. Stay at home moms love you guys too. Profanities and all. So, thank you, Marla Dill. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dig out my Cimmerillion coffee. Really? Not gonna do no, that? I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I just have this vision of you like chilling on top of your four foot long sail barge reading the Silmarillion <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Sitting with my legs Indian style on top of the barge. <laughs> with the fucking sail barge music playing in the background. And shit. Ooh, I love the sail barge music. Oh, me too. It's so great. Uh, second email. Um, hello, boys. She sent us another email. Hello, boys. Uh, I tell you just to stay away from the topic Oh, I, I, I tell you just to stay away from the topic of feminine products, but I laugh so hard hearing you describe Monistat 7 as a pregnancy test. <laughs> I say fucking go for it. Have you got your flu shots yet? Hugs. Um, I don't remember that. I, it was me. I know it was me. And, it uh, sounds like you. Yeah, it's definitely me. She goes, P.S. Don't laugh there, Joe. <laughs> she goes, P.S. Monistat is for yeast infections. So thank you, Marla. Thank you so much. I don't know, man. You live and learn. Live and <laughs> live and learn. <laughs> that's that's why my ex girlfriend still had a yeast infection. Oh man, sorry. I just kept shoving pregnancy tests up into her badge. So, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> 
Oh, ooh, Brian. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. If that, if, <laughs> that's the worst thing I've said this episode. Whatever. That's it. Here you are at 222. It's the new... The new worst thing ever. Oh man! You know what I? You know what I? You know what I would do to say fuck you to Monostat Seven? I would come out with a product called Monostat Eight. Ooh! I, I, you know what I mean? Monostat Eight, motherfuckers, got one more on you. Just one up your ass by one more Monostat. One stat more. Okay. <laughs> What about what about like half numbers? Like what about really being a dick and just having like seven point five? I know. I think you got to go the full eight, or or full just eight. or leapfrog the eight and go straight for nine. Monostat nine. Yeah. Fuck it. Fucking double digit it. Just yeah. go right to like thirty six. Monostat thirty nine, bitches. <laughs> stick this Monistat up. Sixty nine. Yeah. And right on the package it says thirty nine. Stick it up your hoo ha. Fuck that seven shit. Right. <laughs> Fucking Monostat 69 426 Monostat 69 247 Yes. Uh, made me think of that scene at the beginning of me, myself, and Irene where he does the price check on Vagicream. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's a good movie. I haven't seen that in a long time. I haven't time. seen that in a oh, long it's time. classic. Next email comes from Mike Darlin. Uh, hey, leftovers. Uh, I'm going to try and articulate this email like a normal fucking person and not white wolf it. So yeah, he's uh, talking about Joey White Wolf there, which I have Joey. I haven't heard from you in a while. I pro- I think I pissed him off. I think Joey has Aww. left us, and I think Joey has left us. I've been listening since uh, 153. My life has been all downhill from there. Uh, every episode sucks. And- <laughs> Every episode sucks and Brian is a dick. I'm just kidding. Y'all are great. After listening to 200, I broke down and joined the Leftover Army. And lately I have been seeing everything with a Scandinavian design. Uh, The more I listen to and talk to the fellow Leftovers, the more y'all... Fellow Leftovers? What the fuck? Jake, what the fuck is going on here? Does somebody not get it? Fellow Leftovers. No. We may need to have a PSA soon about this shit. Yeah. Uh, he's the second person to do this, right? Yeah. Recently. I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm not, not a fan. Hold on, guys. Like, me and Jake are the leftovers. Everybody else is the leftover army. Nobody else is leftovers. Like, Joe, right now, you're not a leftover. Get the fuck out of here. You're not no, a leftover. No, nor will you ever be one. Nor will you ever. No, yeah. 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 There's one thing you can't scratch off your bucket list, okay? You'll never be a leftover. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to selling membership. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you could find the right price. There, there's I, a, I, yeah, could, yeah. The more I, I just the, send your four foot sail barge too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, meet our newest <laughs> leftover. <laughs> yeah, whoever gets Jake a fucking sail barge is a leftover. <laughs> you want to buy me a fucking addition to my house too? Because it's taking up so much goddamn space. Ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, 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 oh my gosh! Like, like the, the 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 FedEx guy that has to drop that fucking thing off at your house, and then he's like, "Oh, I, hey man, I gotta know what's in this box because you know they're gonna make you a fucking sign for it, and then you have to look this guy in his face with your limp dick and say, eh, "It's a four foot long toy sail barge." Oh my God! And he's thinking, "Oh my, I don't know. when's the last time?" I, I- You've got some ass. And you're, In my fantasy, my dick's pretty hard during that moment. Oh, <laughs> oh Jake. 
<laughs> it's just sad. It's sad. It's sad. You're a sad man. You're a sad man. There's no smile. I'm ashamed. I don't sound very sad in my fans. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I've got. A, I'm a grown man. They're showing up to my house at the toy sale barge. What do I got? A little skipper's hat on when he shows up. I'm ready. You know what I mean? Fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Here you go, Gilligan. Have fun. Knock yourself out. Jesus. Grow a dick. Um. I'm sorry. It's just not practical. It's not practical. Like if somebody, if they sent me like a little miniature sail barge, you know, with like a, like, like a little diorama of this, that's fine. It's very articulate. That's nice. Four foot? That's not practical. That's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a little mi- mini sail barge. Yeah. Yeah. Mini sail barge. You know what I mean? You know, like this, you know, like you put like the, the little, the ships. In the in the in the in the bottles, right? Something like that. There you go. A little sail barge in a bottle. Sail barge in a bottle. I yeah. like it. God, not a four foot long fucking sail barge. It's ridiculous. I kind of want both now. Ah, oh, you you make me sick, Jake. You make me sick. Anyway, uh, back to Mike and his fucking delusional delusions of grandeur that he's going to be a leftover here. Um. The more I listen to and talk to fellow leftovers, fellow leftovers, get the fuck out of here, Mike. The more you're talking to me, the more, yeah, apparently, just you're the only other one. Um, I know. The more y'all have become like a second family to me. I originally started listening because I wanted to find something that covered the comics, TV, and movies, and I was not disappointed. Um, I can't wait for the Justice League episode so I can li- – this is old – so I can listen to Brian shit all over Aqua Bro, my man. Congratulations on reaching episode 200 and here's to another 200. Also, shoot me an address for one of y'all. I have some shit to send. I don't know if I sent him anything. So If it's a sail barge, just PM me on Facebook. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, fuck it. The sail barge is ridiculous. I didn't, I, oh man, I didn't know I was going to go that route with it when we started talking. I was just like, oh, sail barge, kind of cool. I huh? would, I would rather have a replica of Salacious Crumb than the sail barge. Yeah. The four foot sail barge is just, oh, anyway, I'm done talking about it. Arcade Matt, um, sent us a, uh, an email here. And this was during an episode. He sent us a, uh, a Twitter. What was it? A uh, not a Twitter. What the fuck am I talking about? He sent us an iTunes. He sent us a Twitter. No, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm losing my. I'm drinking anyway. He sent us a uh, an iTunes review, and his uh, handle on iTunes was Arcade Matt. And you apparently, Jake, you wondered about his iTunes username. So sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. So here's the story behind that. Uh, Arcade Matt here. If you couldn't already tell from the email address, real name is Matthew Zischke. Uh Sounds like whiskey, but with a Z. I'm one of your many silent majority listeners, I presume. I have been listening for a long-ass time now, and I finally took a minute to write a shit review. Thanks for the roast. That's what I was hoping for. Ha. Never really wanted to get involved because I'm kind of an old crotchety man at the ripe age of 33. 30. Fuck you. Fuck yeah, you. 30 fucking three. Uh, I recently started a podcast with a couple of friends and it's starting to make me want to reach out and be active in the communities. But who am I kidding? I probably won't. If you guys have seen the new Mark Marin stand-up special, Too Real on Netflix, that will give you a sense of my thoughts on doing anything. Some might say I'd even be a basement dweller. I know my wife would. Uh, thank you for actually bringing... God, Jesus. Yeah. Just... Does he ever get to why he's called Arcade Matt in this? 
I didn't even know that was going to happen. I know. Did you read it already? Jesus, I don't know. Maybe I did read it. You just, I, I kind of blacked out. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, please. Like, can't imagine what the podcast is like. Um, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm sure it's great. Anyway, thank you for actually reading my review on uh, – the today's episode, though, I uh, didn't actually think you would, you would, but it made me laugh out loud when I heard my username. Oh, history on my account email name. Oh, finally, here we are. Here we are. Jesus. History on my account slash email name is that my grandparents owned and operated an arcade and vending company out here in Las Vegas for over 40 years. And I worked there before and during high school. And at that time, the internet started becoming a thing. So, I just used it for everything from emails, AOL, to PlayStation 3 and 4 accounts. Uh, sorry for the long fucking email. I know you enjoy your blowjob short and sweet, but this might be my only time reaching out. Not the greatest phone signal in my basement. You guys are awesome. Matt. Oh, man. I just sad it's his only time reaching out to us. I could have... Could have taken one of those emails every week there, Matt. So Yeah, that was riveting. Yeah, man, it's rough, <laughs> man. Please, please keep in contact with us, Matt. Um, and finally, uh, I got an email here from, um, do you guys, Drake, Jake, do you remember Trekkie 1981? Yes, Joe? I do. He is the one that, oh, he got mad at us about Discovery, right? Because we didn't talk about it early enough. We didn't talk yeah. about it, apparently the same weekend that it came out. So we recorded on Sunday. It came out on us on that very Sunday. We did not talk about it in that episode. So Trekkie 1981, we gave him a lot of shit, and he was kind of a reoccurring joke on the show, um, sent us an email, and I want to read that now. Uh, his name is Bill, and uh, his email starts with, Leftovers, my name is Bill. But you know me better as Trekkie1981. I felt compelled compelled to email because I've listened to your show every week. And in almost every episode for the last month, you've referenced or made fun of me in some way. <laughs> Although I feel like some of your reaction to my iTunes review has been a tad juvenile. You have every right to express yourselves as you wish. Tad juvenile, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he had to... Um email us back to let us know that. Yeah, a little jab there from uh, Trekkie1981. I know that I can be a bit of an asshole from time to time. I'm certain that my fiancé would confirm this if asked. Uh, but it is my hope that I can be viewed as more than just a one-dimensional bastard. It was never my intent to become a heel on your show. Um, I could make excuses for why I wrote what I did. I was having an exceptionally bad day at the office, at home, at the local coffee shop, etc., etc. But I'm not going to do that. In my own words, I'm not going to make any excuses for my behavior. I was an asshole on that day, and that's all there is to it. In all actuality, I really like the podcast. I have only been listening for about six months or so, uh, but it has quickly become one of my favorite shows to listen to each week. And I understand that there are so many different properties to cover. You cannot possibly please everybody every week. <laughs> and not every – you got something there, Jake? I just, I just think it's funny. Like it, what was he like just like taking a dump one day and he, it all finally came clear to him? Well, he's been listening for six months. See, what's, what kind of drove me crazy is not, even after this, like been listening for six months. Six months of content – and we don't talk about Star Trek Discovery in one episode, and that's when we first hear from this guy. 
right? <laughs> yeah, we've never <laughs> talked about it really since either. No, we haven't. Um, and I understand that there's my possible. You cannot possibly please everybody every week, and not everyone is going to like the properties that you discuss with regularity on the show. For example, I am aware that a lot of people enjoy inane puerile dribble like the DCEU films and puerile dribble like the DCEU films and to a lesser extent a few of the MCU films part of living in a melting pot is accepting this fact but you have persuaded me to check out films or shows that I would not have otherwise given a chance for example Baby Driver is a film I would not have been inclined to go see but your glowing review induced me into making a trip to the theater I thoroughly enjoyed it and I could not agree more with your assessment of it I'm just glad that I saw it before the Kevin Spacey allegations surfaced, or else his character's peculiar interest in the young male baby character would have proved too much of a disturbing distraction for me. Uh, I am sorry for the long email. I wanted to extend an olive branch and hope that we can put this whole unfortunate episode behind us. Keep up the good work on the show. And that came from uh, from Bill, Trekkie1981. Sorry, Bill, but I, I had not read that sooner. He sent this to me a long time ago. So, so do I have to stop calling him Tracky? Tracky? Did you do that? Is that a thing? Yeah, I've been calling him Tracky just to annoy him ever since that email. <laughs> ah, okay. right, that's all I got, guys. That's all the emails I got this week. Uh, you can send more emails, and we'll continue to read them. You send those emails to uh, sailbarge at gmail.com. <laughs> All right. Hey, Joe, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I want you to be able to now, now at the beginning of the episode, I teased that I wouldn't like talk about like what you got going on because nobody, nobody, uh, nobody knew who you were and gave a fuck. I'm actually going to, at the end of the episode, I'm going to say that they feel the same way because like I've listened to like all your commentary and your input. I'm still thinking that they don't give a fuck. Man, I don't blame them. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Um, Joe. <laughs> Where can people find you, and what else have you got going on? Uh, yeah, you can find me on my podcast, Startcast, which is a long-form conversation show. Uh, I have different guests on, and we just talk about random shit, really. I mean, it's no two episodes are really alike. Um, I've started doing uh, somewhat regular comic talk episodes also, where we'll more or less focus on a paperback trade and kind of discuss that one. Those are usually pretty spoilery episodes. And um, uh, my other big thing I got going on, I just got uh, my first novel published, which is a, like a post-apocalyptic uh, zombie story called I Become Death. And uh, it's available on Amazon. Uh, what is the what is it about? Uh, so I'll just read the back of the book here. Um, uh, several years after a zombie apocalypse, people have figured out how to deal with the undead and have started clearing cities for rehabilitation. I Become Death follows a team of professionals tasked with escorting a young assassin through uncleared territory. His target, a brutal warlord that has been holding a small town hostage. How many pages? Um, it is 183 pages. It's just shy of 25,000 words. So it's a pretty quick read. And Who writes a- the back? scribble like that joe is that the publisher or you i wrote it okay and uh it's available on amazon it's called i become death and how much is it 9.99 wow wow so yeah definitely support joe uh, i mean uh, would you say that you have to be a fan of like uh, zombie stuff to to do the, to to read this book or is this for everybody um it it takes place like i, th- I believe it's probably around 10 years after the initial outbreak 
Mm. And so it does have zombies in it, but it more focuses on the the human element of what would go on in a total breakdown of society after that. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of zombies, you'll dig it. If you're like an absolute zombie purist, you know, you, you might have some, some gripes about it because there is a lot more human interaction in it than just purely dealing with zombies as like the antagonists. Uh, dude, you've inspired me. I am going to start writing a novel about a couple that are having marital disputes over the husband buying a four foot sail barge. So, <laughs> and it's called good night wing. And, um, it ends with me punching myself in the face for telling a shitty joke. <laughs> but the audiobook for that's going to be fun. Oh yeah. It's at, towards the end. You're just going to hear like somebody punching themselves. <laughs> It's really disturbing. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, the audiobook's great with like the couples fighting over it. Like the wife is making like really sound points, and he's just like, "But honey, like it'll it's you know all this other crap. Like he's a completionist, and he needs this, and blah blah blah, and it's going to increase in value and blah, all this stuff." So, yeah, good shit. Okay, all right. Um, let's see here. What are we doing next week? Anything big? Any big movies coming out? Uh, nothing I can think of. I, yeah. I'm probably forgetting something now. Let me look it up. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah, so definitely, uh, definitely buy Joe's book, I Become Death. It's on uh, Amazon and check out Startcast on iTunes and you need to get on Alexa. I'm sure, I don't, I don't see people fucking listening to our show on Alexa that often, man. It's kind of stupid. No, yeah, no. Red Sparrow comes out next week. I, oh. might, I might be, I might see that. I'm gonna see that. I do want to see that. Joel Edgerton, I like him, and I like uh, what uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah for it sure, looks great. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm interested. So, all right, guys, just like all good leftovers, say in their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage, and thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Peace out, y'all. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture.
culture push over pop culture.